Tom Hanks on Death Row, Disney's best Christmas special in years, and everyone's getting divorced in the 80s, this week on 30 Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to 302010, the Laser Time Network's pop culture time machine each week, taking you through three decades of wonderful movie, music, TV, uh, and video game nostalgia. And I only say nostalgia because there's a lot of Christmas stuff. Once we're covering December 6th through the 12th, all the Christmas entertainment has geared up, and I'm very happy with that. Mm-hmm. Including a couple alternatives, and uh, I love all the Christmas stuff that seeps in this and next week. I'm very, very excited. Um, I'm one of your hosts, Chris Antista. Who else is with me? I'm Diana Goodman, and why are there iguanas on my coffee table? <laughs> it's me, Sarah, and I have a programming note. I revisited Christmas Vacation last night mm-hmm. after my incendiary Take comments down. last week. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking snipe attack. I have to say that I did not dislike it as much as I had once disliked ah! it. So ah! you win. You win, world. World. I don't remember. It's not going to be in my general, you know, mm. rotation for Christmas yeah, it's movies. It's not going to take over that Vince Vaughn one you made us all watch last year. Okay, that was the yeah. worst, and I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, no one else revisits stuff and, like, apologizes on this show ever, so. Well, no. I'm here for it. And, yeah, I, as much as I'd like to. Yes. Uh, and I still identify with Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Margo. Yes. Her name is Margo? Yes. Oh, it's got to be with that unpronounceable I don't team. know Margo. That's the best part. <laughs> Uh, and but this is a, a fantastic week. It just I don't think you could have picked a crazier assortment of films to talk about, There's especially as we enter in the 1980s. But uh, if you don't know what we do, every week we cover three decades the same week, December 6th through the 12th. And uh, again, if you're not a total date master, this will really help you pinpoint where you are and what you were doing because most of us don't remember release. Um, and December 6th through the 12th, a little bit of news to bring us into 1989, the first decade we'll be covering, 1999 and 2009, to follow. I don't know how to pronounce any of what you just said. Put down here, Diana. <clears throat> okay. Well, unfortunately, it's the 30th anniversary of the École Polytechnique Massacre at the Université de Montréal. What? Mm. <laughs> this is, I am not familiar with this at all. Uh, this came up again a couple of years ago with uh, some other fucking mass shooter who was like, I'm going to do another one of these. Or he threatened to do another one of these. Uh, this was a guy who went into a engineering school at the University of Montreal, uh, separated the men from the women and started killing all the women because feminism ruined his life. Oh, really? No. Sounds to me like you're at a university, which most people don't have access to. So <laughs> how is your life ruined by women? <sighs> well, I don't know. Uh, he doesn't get a date because women have self-respect. I mean... He sounds like quite an enchantress, so I don't mm. I don't know how that happened. Enchantress. Sure. <laughs> I'm sure he loved being called that before he charming. took his own life. Tell me he took his own no, never mind. I don't want He know. took his own life, of but only after did. he killed fourteen other people. Jeez, Louise. Uh oh. yeah, I think this might still be the worst mass shooting in Canadian history, Holy and they had gun control laws no. after it. You're allowed to do that? <laughs> no, that's not the time to talk about Gun violence, right but after why didn't, gun well, violence. Why didn't they make sacrifices on behalf of uh, less than 5% of collectors of a certain weird item? And also, <sighs> didn't their thoughts and prayers work? Yeah, seriously. Canada's thoughts and prayers usually work. Uh, yeah. Merry Christmas, everyone. Uh, I hope 
your uh, Thanksgiving was as awkward as ours. Um, so <laughs> mine was great. My Thanksgiving was great. Screw you guys. Yeah, mine was awesome. I told Sarah upstairs the only uh, close to political argument we had was with my mother, who said out loud for some reason, I don't think my grandfather, my father would have voted for Trump. And everyone's like, you're deluded. <laughs> and then that was that was the closest <laughs> thing we had to a political argument. Mm. Um, but Oh, we- nice. We had, uh, we had a friend that was uh, there meeting like the in-laws, I think, or the future in-laws in Minneapolis. And they settled all political arguments by having two desserts and one was labeled impeach and one was labeled don't impeach. Ooh. <laughs> And you get to vote that way, and everyone can just look at it and smile and nod and be like, mm. I hope none of them were peach flavored because that's not Thanksgiving. Oh, that's true. That's I think not... it was Jello. Oh, neat. Oh. I'll take it. I'm starving. I do love Jello. Uh, but movies of 1989, December 6th through the 12th, he adds in his head, <laughs> are three movies I've seen endlessly and one I've never heard of The Decalogue? That sounds the religious. The Decalogue. It is? Question mark? Not really. Uh, the Decalogue is made for polish television <laughs> okay so you're, te- you're telling me it has a rad poster yeah <laughs> yeah well no it's it's a series of one hour movies each one based on one of the ten commandments oh. made by Krzysztof kieslowski and i was that sounds like obscure as hell but Krzysztof kieslowski then did you know um uh what's the one with Vic- or uh, the three tro- the three colors trilogy red ah, yes. blue and white those are pretty well known more in the u.s and the decalogue I have it on Criterion, and it is so good. Oh, okay. Where, yeah, it's just a bunch of short movies about each of the the commandments, and they don't, they're not preachy, they're not really straightforward, they're just sort of like, I don't know, you, you kind of soak in what they're trying to say, and then you can kind of argue about it, is it saying death penalty, good or bad, and it's, hmm. they're really, really good, yo. I prefer the 10, the, the follow-up yeah. to What an American Summer. Uh, not that's the what I was version. trying to think of, yes. <laughs> but, yeah, no, the Decalogue is really, really good. Neat. And I, I cannot wait to talk about the rest. This is dark for holiday entertainment. These all are, three. These are yeah. all really dark. I can't speak to the one we're going to talk about right now. Oh, I can't. Because like I think <laughs> every once in a while, I, I know I spend, a, because of The Hobbit, I spend a lot of the time shitting on Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings. But mm-hmm. I do every once in a while want to hug somebody at New Line Cinema for giving him that much money and faith based on his previous <laughs> uh, on his yeah. resume because in uh-huh. in addition to some of the grossest horror movies ever made yes. you have the needlessly vile meet the feebles which i've seen a billion times because before the internet it was the stuff of legend the x-rated muppet movie oh my. that you could you could get at most video stores because it didn't qualify as porn even though you see an aids ridden rabbit dick enter in a vagina and shoot come everywhere <laughs> it is it is <laughs> One of the grossest things I've ever seen in my whole life, and I've watched it several times. Oh, okay. They're not your average ordinary peebles. Meet the feebles from Lord of the Rings, Peter Jackson. Meet the feebles. Meet the feebles. The movie that began as family entertainment, but went horribly wrong. Have you got any smack? Smack? Film the authorities tried to stop. Oh, what beautiful white forest. God, my dear. It is so gross, and I'm loving Sarah's face watching this trailer right now. It, 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 yeah. And I don't I can't defend it as like a great movie, but like as a what do you call it? Like a, an atrocity that I was able to have access to in the video store. I love this. I've seen it so many times. Mm. Uh, it, it's... it is disgusting. Mm-hmm. 
And it's not his first movie. This is his second movie. No, no, it's talked about bad taste. Bad taste. But then following it up with like, I think there's a silver screen movie I've never seen in there. But like, uh, hmm. then Dead Alive slash Brain Dead, Dead, Dead Alive. which is the grossest, that's kind of the I've grossest seen. movie ever made. Yeah. And then, and I, yes, I know there's heavenly creatures in there, but someone, someone at New Line, like this guy's got something somewhere in between all this <laughs> <Yes>. puppet porn. <laughs> what a strange man! Ass kicking zombie preacher. Like we have, we have what we need for Lord of the Rings. <laughs> but I, I, it's to my knowledge, and Peter Jackson is not ashamed of these. And to my knowledge, he's yeah. doing his best to restore them in 4K at his wedded digital studio. So you should. Have access to more Meet the Feebles than ever. I think by this time next oh, year. Oh God! Mm-hmm. I I don't think I want to see this in high def. Like, <laughs> yeah. Even, the even in like death. I saw this I saw this off of like a cloned VHS, mm-hmm. and even then it looks like it smells bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it does. It does have that like a British pal st- full screen stink to it. Um. So I I can't imagine what it looks like in widescreen. In 4K, but apparently we're about to find out. Mm. I love that he's not ashamed of it. It's because most people would be, including maybe me. I don't know, Uh, but I I love this film. And you no, you know, I wouldn't be ashamed of it because I have a lot to tell you about this next film. Oh, which is uh, dark as hell, so dark, and I love it. it, But it's like I think it is the darkest because it's like needlessly mean. So mean. (laughs) Yes, we're talking about. She Devil. She Devil. Ed Begley Jr., Roseanne Barr, and for some reason Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep in kind of her first comedy. Yeah. Why, why did she do this? Why? Why? It's, it's, I mean, she's great. The big and thing I love is, her. it's Roseanne's first movie. Yeah. And right. and she's starring in it, and it's it's so wicked and incredible. Hi, this is Robin Leach, and I'm here at the luxurious home of the super glamorous romance writer Mary Fisher. She's the woman who has everything. Beauty, fame. My books reflect my own experience of lovemaking as sacred and beautiful. And plenty of hired help. I bet she makes you earn every penny, huh? But could it be that something is missing from this romantic storybook world? Oh, the little family. Mummies and daddy, dear little children. How lucky they all are. To see how the other half lives, meet Ruth Patchett. I did not know Robin Leach did the whole trip. Yeah, <laughs> that's a choice too that I did not didn't really get. It's so uh, yeah. Long story short, I recorded this off a free preview of Showtime. Thought it was very sexy and didn't know I grew up uh, kind of diddling my peony to Meryl Streep in mm-hmm. bikinis and underwear. Mm-hmm. And I'm surprised I came out of it straight. <laughs> and, and Ed Begley's butt. Yes. Yeah. He, he's in great shape in this. He's a snack. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know he's he's probably always been a vegan. He's got a, he's got a great butt. Uh, <laughs> that's true. But that's but that's true. It's it's this is one of the darkest, meanest. I don't know. I love some of these eighties movies. I think recently I was telling Sarah about how Problem Child is the most needlessly mean eighties yeah. film I'd ever seen. But this is up there. Yeah. It is. I mean, the story is that Roseanne is married to Ed Begley Jr. and kids. they have a couple kids and her life is very she's very dumpy and her life is very drab and he meets and falls in love with and leaves her Diane for Steele. Yeah. <laughs> Daniel Steele. Daniel Steele basically uh Meryl Streep and who is a romance writer and then but rich she, as hell. Yeah, and then Roseanne's character just takes revenge on him. It reminded me a lot of a, one of my favorite movies, The First Wives Club. 
because yes. it's like there's a big, you uh-huh. know, sisters are doing it for themselves mm-hmm. sort of situation. Um, but I really enjoyed this. I saw it Me a too. lot when I was a kid and then I revisited it with uh, my sister who had never seen it. And yeah, it's so 80s. Yeah. I've like, watched mm-hmm. it dozens of times and I, I'm, I'm just struck by she's like, and then she makes a list on who to get back. And she, it's like, get rid of kids. Yeah. And there's a scene where she like blows up her house that I can only compare to what Heath Ledger does to the hospital in Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She, she, it's Roseanne walking away from her a, a fiery tomb, and mm-hmm. like Jesus Christ, Merry Christmas, everyone. Yes, for yeah. real. It is. It is really weird that this and the next movie we're going to talk about are both dark black comedies about destroying a marriage, mm-hmm. and. This is the one I like much better. I thought I wouldn't like it. I thought I would like the next one better. I hadn't seen either one of them. So this was, this. it's so calculated. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love how, yeah, Roseanne is just like, I mean, I feel bad that she's mad at Meryl Streep for stealing her husband, but mm-hmm. it's her husband's life that she destroys. Yeah. So it's like, good job. She, she ruins most of Meryl Streep's life or she damages it pretty bad, but she absolutely destroys her husband through yes. this mm-hmm. long complicated planning that ends up she she ends up like becoming very successful on her own through her vendetta yeah and the point is well, the only thing you have to hate in the movie is ed bagley jr you'll be fine so mm-hmm. i think we just won back over our red state fans uh, <laughs> yeah well i mean and much like the first wives club the method of her revenge also involved lifting up other women which I love. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, honestly, she hates right. Meryl Streep, A but yeah, she hates Meryl Streep, but that she's sort of more collateral damage, I think, than anything else. And yeah. by the way, at the end, she's not. She mm-hmm. still has Meryl Streep has her career in a different direction. Which I also love because mm-hmm. she learned mm-hmm. a little something from this whole experience too. They found a common enemy, men. <laughs> Amen, yeah. sister. Amen. I still think this well, movie yeah. is nuts. It's yeah. batshit nuts. And I love, I yeah. love, love, love seeing these '80s movies and seeing what people thought was sexy in the <laughs> '80s. Weird. It is really. Fun. I'm nine, so I'm not. You know, it's not a. It's not a full masturbation test, but sure. this, this, this really. I watched this over and over again because I thought it was very sexy and I had no idea who Meryl Streep was. So mm-hmm. I, I do find it bizarre. That... Just all the robes, the like silk robes with yes. like the feathery <laughs> boa mm-hmm. lining to it. It looked like the... they were fucking in the pool at one point. Yeah. yeah. I think it's like a heart-shaped pool with yeah. bubbles and everything, which, you know, that's still fun. She has a circular bed, which <laughs> I, how do you find the sheets for that? In a I'm pre-internet world? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> special rich people round bed store <laughs> <laughs> it must have, it have to be custom custom tailored every time i have to say too yeah. though i watching this movie and the next one that we're going to talk about the 80s was all they it, people were pretty okay with pet death and pet hmm. maiming <laughs> yes well, I yeah. think maybe you get an answer to why christmas vacation was the way it was it does seem to be evocative of whatever tone was occurring in the zeitgeist right now there's mm-hmm. there's a wild sense of cynicism just and burn it down yeah really. yes just the, burn it down everyone the, the, the likes of which i haven't seen since maybe now mm-hmm. <laughs> and i do want to say i prefer this movie because the next movie i think you could remake now mm-hmm. and i think they've remade yes. in some fashion e- several times i have never seen anything like she devil yeah it, so one thing though i wanted to ask diana is that at the end of she devil the scene the last scene is Roseanne is walking down a busy New York street and you can see slowly people coming into the screen and it ends up being all women and they're all wearing like various shades of red. And I feel like I've seen that before as an ending 
Does that hmm. where it's like, like some, someone's some... walking down the street and then like other people that are like sort of the theme start coming into the frame, walking the, along as well. The ending of Buckaroo Banzai. That's what you're thinking. That is absolutely not what I'm thinking of. <laughs> I've never seen that. But yeah, I definitely, definitely have seen that before. Probably a movie made since this one. It's fucking nuts. Because it's a pretty good, uh, it's a pretty good me- mechanism, basically, mm-hmm. to sh- kind of yeah. make a point here. But you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah. It, it, I, I'm having trouble thinking you're of thinking like, of a Sergei Eisenstein. Example. Mm. <laughs> Probably Battleship Potemkin. Okay. That's, that's what yeah, well, they're all wearing red mm-hmm. in Battleship Potemkin. Sure. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Technically, I bet they are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, film their jokes. I oh, love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I, I just, I love that it's, it's, it's about, you know, but the, she's sort of dowdy and bored. Basically, she's like human mom jeans, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Roseanne. Yep. And it's all about how unappreciated she is, that yes. her husband treats her like shit. She's always been treated like shit. He has always been cheating on her and running around and being a piece of garbage who just expects her to be his housekeeper. Mm-hmm. Yes. And she's yeah. like, Nah, I'm done. I lo- again, I'm I love strong. that the exploding house thing. The only thing you'll see like it is Gremlins too. Mm-hmm. It's because it's like <laughs> weird stop motion miniature work in in a '80s comedy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it be so strange. It it's very <laughs> strange, and it is very fun, and it is wild. And I love the actress who plays her partner in mm-hmm. the opening the agency. Oh yeah, um, Linda Hunt. Yes, mm. she's great. And when she popped up, I was like, that lady. Mm-hmm. I love her. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's just I, this movie is delightful and dark and really fun. I, again, really I, fun. I can't help but reiterate: like everything here is a cynical spin on a pre-existing formula. Mm-hmm. Everything that, that mm-hmm. comes out in theaters this week, I'm pretty. I think that's pretty nuts. So, as I thought, the '90s were like the high point of Gen X in the system. But there's something going on with mm-hmm. my parents, with the boomers here, mm-hmm. who are feeling it too. Oh yeah, and mm-hmm. uh, holy shit, War of the Roses. Danny DeVito, Kathleen Turner, and Michael Douglas. It's number one at the box office. The last time I watched this was as a teenager with your husband. I don't know why we both watched this together. (laughs) This is a Sam movie, for sure. Okay. uh, War (laughs) of the Roses. I want a divorce. You can't have one. When a couple starts keeping score, there is no winning. It's only degrees of losing. I am the one who found this house. I bought everything in it with my money. It's a lot easier to spend than it is to make it, honey bun. You might not have made it if not for me, sweet cakes. Never underestimate her as an adversary. Don't even talk to her, bitch. Scum. Filth. The yellow areas are mine. The red areas are hers. This seems rational to you both. I got more square footage. God, this movie's... I love this movie. It, it used to be like I swear, Danny DeVito directing something was a mark of quality. Okay, for a very up until like somewhere after Matilda. Let me just say he is making a lot of directorial choices yes. with yes. an underline, a lot of shots yeah. that are you like through he... a coffee mug or like yeah. a backwards mirror. Oh, did it's you just like... work with Tim Burton? <laughs> yeah, I can tell. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's almost yeah, distracting. Super close up with some deep focus, with yeah. some use of colors. Yeah. And... Uh, I have to say though, I was so disappointed by oh, this. No, I hate to hear that because I, I love, I love Michael Douglas and Kathleen Turner together. Me too. Um, Romancing the Stone is a freaking wow. You actually great have movie. to say they were, yeah. they were a Tom this Hanks and Meg time. Ryan. This is yep. their, th- but their third time is all about getting divorced. I know that's so yeah. nuts. Because the, the first I time they're, they're, they're uh, what, what do you call them? Like not star cross, but like unlikely lovers mm-hmm. in Romancing yeah. the Stone into the sequel. Which name I forget. Jewel of the Nile. Jewel of the Nile. And, and into is, this. Eh. Yeah. 
And this is, I was so disappointed because, yeah, I want to see them head to head, you know, battling over divorce and it's like escalating pranks and trying to trying to ruin each other's lives like She-Devil. And it takes forever to get there. I mean, See, don't I they like start like that, hanging though. out in a chandelier, throwing things at people, yeah. <laughs> at each other? I no, really, that's at the end. Yeah, that's at the end. That's I, it starts with the end and then flashes back to how they got there. No, no, okay. no, no, no. I mean, the, the, well, I mean, that's one of my complaints is uh, there's a framing device with Danny DeVito telling the story yeah. to poor Dan Castellaneta, who never gets a line. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> poor Homer Simpson. He's just sitting there. Don't worry. Dan Castellaneta Dan- will get his moment next week in 1989. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, my. That's true. And and just I feel like the framing device is unnecessary. Completely. It goes on and on and on. And we see how they first met and we see them as like their 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 relationship is developing and then they get married and all this. And it takes like half the movie before they right. decide they don't want to be together anymore. And really it's just Kathleen Turner. Michael Douglas again is being kind of a neglectful husband like Ed yeah. Jr. But he's a lot better. He's well, better than Ed Begley Jr. Uh, see, I kind of love that because it really does show you the simmering resentments that turn these people into such insane, bitter enemies towards the end Mm -hmm. and if you when you watch the course of their marriage as it's presented you do see also why um michael douglas douglas throughout all of their back and forth still wants to reconcile multiple times Mm -hmm. and she is definitely over it she's kathleen turner she's the sexiest woman in the fucking universe Uh, at this point michael douglas (laughs) is the baddie zaddy we all love (laughs) (laughs) okay michael douglas is peak at the peak of he, his powers he does look less lizard like yeah. here than yes most he of his was, appearances oh, i just love him so much he doesn't so. have the voice of kathleen turner i mean that's Lord. true that's mm. true but it's i just to see these two people be so awful to each other and mm-hmm. my favorite thing about it too is that it is such a time capsule mm-hmm. for the 80s and for yuppie mm-hmm. boomer life yeah. i mean these mm-hmm. rich fucks are like <laughs> filling their mansion with the dumbest porcelain figurines and china <laughs> and shit that like i can't even imagine spending money on Where are right all the now. pinball machines and animation cells it's come just, on it is all the trappings of this like upper class life that you know were sold to people in the 80s are in this movie Mm. and I think that's one of the joys of watching it too that I love my sister and I watched it together over Thanksgiving and she's a a very young millennial Mm -hmm. and we just were loving watching these horrible people destroy the house and everything they love in it everything that Mm -hmm. they spent so much time working for and and caring about these fucking porcelain i just can't get over all the porcelain figurines in this house i know and it's like hundreds of them and there it's a name brand i know it's like it's it's, happy times no 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 it's like a (laughs) it's like a real brand that is extremely expensive that actually does basically yes (laughs) and it's like tens of thousands of dollars worth of merchandise in there that they are just throwing at each other's heads i love it i just watch this with so much diana you wanted to see a whole movie about the uh max fisher bill murray montage from rushmore (laughs) (laughs) yeah well i it just it takes so long to get there and when you do get to like the last third where it is just all out war and they're just smashing things up and and trying so hard to ruin each other's lives to drive really is they're just trying to drive the other one out of the house they're Mm -hmm. just fighting over the house and it's michael douglas only wants it because kathleen turner wants it and she wants it because she put in a lot of work on it Mm -hmm. and that's it 
And it's just spite. They're just trying to spite each other. And I love that part. But it takes forever to get there. It should take us 20 minutes to get there, not mm. over an hour before things start getting fun. See, I, yeah. think, I think John Wick has ruined us all. I just really enjoyed <laughs> the whole ride, for sure. John Wick does something in the first five minutes of every one of its movies that all movies took an hour to get to. Yeah, that's true. And, yeah. and I think we'll be spoiled forever after. I, yeah, I just really love looking at all this yuppie culture so much that I really enjoyed mm. the whole ride a little bit more. And I was, you it's know, probably... we watched it Thanksgiving night, mm-hmm. like with wine. So, you know, it was just like <laughs> mm-hmm. a fun little ride. I have to say, though, yeah. there's a scene. So she has Kathleen Turner's character. Her baby is this gigantic truck that she loves. That's basically a monster. <laughs> Truck. It does. It looks like something Biff yeah. would drive. Yeah, <laughs> and Michael uh, Douglas's baby is this like wash. little tiny European, you know, right-handed sports car. And at one point, she like chases him down with her monster truck and smushes <laughs> yes. it. And at this point, my sister turned to me and said, "Can you imagine caring about?" anything enough to put this amount of effort into it <laughs> i have to agree like she probably thought it was rad when beyonce did it. so much effort <laughs> who cares about your shit i don't know your, your marriage just, so great yeah i mean there are some scenes where yeah the long simmering resentment gets played out it's just it takes so much time honestly it, danny devito should probably just not be in this movie yes yeah. i 100% every time he agree. shows up that slows things down he's literally playing the director of the story which he's yeah. doing in real life so and it's unbelievably unnecessary like he's got a good voice come on it's no (laughs) i i do not agree i like listening to him talk about whores yeah if we could get a (laughs) non-devito cut then i think it would be perfect i just really love this movie don't talk about the war of the roses without me (laughs) i have thoughts well there is some cat violence so i mean she's got to actually take a stand on this when we started watching it and we saw that they had a cat and a dog sam went ahead and went to does the dog die.com to kind of give us a (laughs) warning and so just so you guys know yeah the cat dies by the way i find that upsetting but shut up who cares like you can watch a movie where something bad happens i don't like it relax this is is not the new rape scene no no i know no 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 i know but some but i i don't it's most (laughs) of the time it's unnecessary I feel like uh, yeah. maybe, and it's not—it's not on purpose, though. That's true. It's not with malice. That's true. That makes a big difference to me. Anything yeah. with animals intentionally getting hurt, mm-hmm. even when it's pretend, very upsetting. Okay. Well, I just—I I love Michael Douglas so much, and I recommend his Instagram. By the way, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's fun. I'm trying to think of anybody over seventy I follow on Instagram. Oh my goodness! I mean, goodness. obviously, it's probably some team that's oh. <laughs> doing it for him, but it's great. I enjoy it. Professional photographers. Here. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, all right, moving to television, 1989, December 6th to the 12th. Uh, SNL hosted by Robert Wagner. Wow, yeah. that seems a little late. Really? Yeah. Uh, and Linda Ronstadt and Aaron Neffo. I don't know much. <laughs> I don't know much. I love you. <laughs> is this why I have an SNL clip loaded up, or is that for next week? It's for next week. Oh, fuck me. All right, and uh, on the 11th, Designing Women, <laughs> the yes. episode titled... Uh, they shoot fat. They shoot fat women, don't they? Yeah, that's the name of the episode title. <laughs> Holy crap! This was so. This was kind of a big deal. Uh, so the the gist of the episode is that Delta Burks. I was trying to think of her character name, but uh, Delta Burke goes back to her high school reunion, mm. and she's gained a little bit of weight since Delta Burke. Yeah, oh. and and so they give her, her this. Hair. They give her this award called Most Changed, and it's like obviously <laughs> because they call it. You know, she gained weight. And so I actually didn't pull a clip from it. I pulled a clip from a news 
piece that they did about this episode because Delta Burke was in the news like in tabloids a lot people cared about her weight a lot Mm -hmm. in the 80s and it was Mm. extremely damaging and horrible and i mean i love delta burke and the story of her falling in love with gerald mccraney on the yes on the set Mm -hmm. of designing women is just so great and lovely and so this episode of her basically addressing the media about like yeah, I've gained weight. Like I I'm am still... a fatty boombalati. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Is that not what she said? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but I pulled a little... <laughs> You're truly the worst. <laughs> um, they, I pulled a little clip from the news like piece that they did on this mm-hmm. where Linda Bloodworth Thomason, who is the creator of Design Women, oh. is talking a little bit about what went into this episode. Bloodworth? Yeah, Bloodworth. Wow. It's right. a great name. I hope Dracula never finds you. Uh, here's the, the show involves Delta going to her high school reunion and uh, going there believing that she's beautiful and finding out instead that she's fat. Um, and what happens at the end is that she gets the award for the most changed and they gave it to her because she's overweight. But that isn't the biggest change in me. The biggest change is that the old Suzanne wouldn't have shown up here tonight. She would have just gotten thin before the next reunion and then she would have gotten even. And everybody in the audience stayed until midnight. And it was a very nice night. They gave her a standing ovation. And, um, you know, there were a few tears. She cried and some people uh, on the cast and crew cried as they knew this was a very personal thing for her to do. And it was uh, a very vulnerable thing to do. And I admire her courage in doing it. Yeah. It's very sweet. And also, fucking Delta mm. Burke is a dish. Yeah, so pretty, I don't know what people were talking pretty about. Pretty goddamn cute. Yeah. Uh, Even yeah. with her triangle Dilbert <laughs> hair. <laughs> uh, so glad you found a way to be mean to her, despite all, all the support. Well, you know. um, and uh, no games to speak of this week, but um, we do have some new releases in terms of music. And this is a big one. Monty Python Sings. <laughs> <laughs> but this is weird. If you're a comedy nerd such as I... Uh, you don't mm-hmm. generally get the comedy album when the thing is popular. You have to wait another 10 years for that thing to be popular. Like, I think mm-hmm. the Arrested mm-hmm. Development album just came out. What? With the, yeah, with the music. Because the music's really funny. It's all like the yeah. one guy like writing these funny songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything you've ever heard in the show. Miss uh, Steph. Yeah, all, <laughs> all the same guy. He, yeah. And he's writing this, the sad songs and the... Uh, uh, fuck the banana grabber song. Okay, like, it's all okay. the same. Interesting. Same guy. Uh, but a collection of big songs. Big yellow joint. Yeah, big yellow joint. Oh right. But, nice. <laughs> yeah, I'm guessing at this point, like I, I know Monty Python, they had a, a comedy album, but not one that collected all their songs. No, they had a bunch of different comedy albums, and a, some of them had new material, and some of them were just audio versions of the TV show. They had that that one that has like a groove. hidden album in between the grooves yeah. of the record. It's a crazy yeah. thing. Hmm. You might not even know you yeah. have it. <laughs> Uh, and uh, but this has Monty Python sings for the 20th anniversary. Uh, we also have 90 by 808 State and uh, City Streets by Carol King. But we didn't start the fire by Billy Joel oh, is number man. one. And Here I, we go. I love this song so much. Yes. <laughs> I, I again I say like if you I know I know everyone I'm the worst. No, I love this song. <laughs> I, this is a great song. I have this this because I rock this cassette. In my little tiny, not boombox, that's the wrong word, whatever your mom was doing aerobics to. It's blue. And I, I, over and over again, trying to get all the lyrics. And I, again, I do this every time we talk about it. Uh, there, If you're struggling to find a band name, you can find one in this song. Absolutely. I call dibs on British politician sex or space monkey mafia. I'm calling dibs on rock and roll a cola wars. <laughs> Ooh. 
There's I'm always. I knew a chubby checker psycho. <laughs> okay, that's a good one. Chubby And I believe the the, the the origin of the song was he was a teacher, and like uh, he was teaching history, and some student said something along the lines like, "Nothing happened in your generation." He's like, <laughs> "Fuck you." <laughs> Here's a song How where everything that dare. happened when as I grew up, and in, yes. so it's not like this total like uh, boomer nostalgia. It was just him. He said it was brought about because like kids didn't think anything happened to him uh, while he was growing up because mm-hmm. the history books weren't talking about it. Mm. Yeah, well, and, yeah, that makes sense. Mm. Uh, there's definitely a video floating around on YouTube from mm. like ten years ago, probably, where someone took the song and like did a. Um, like a little picture representation of everything named in the song, and it's very fun to watch. I thought they, they didn't have an official. Anyway, um, no, they they did, and they show some of the stuff going on. But yeah. I I would love to know. Put in the comments or send to at thirty twenty ten podcast on Twitter. Do teachers still make you like air take a take a verse and write a little essay about all these things? Yeah. No, because they did that to us. Oh, oh no, gross. yuck, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fortnite, Stormy Daniels. But, like, I've never... <laughs> I did see floating around no, online... No, not write a new <laughs> Just go through and explain, like, what is children at the Lidomite? Uh, <laughs> the oh, Lidomite was a okay. blah, 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 blah. I love that you came up with Fortnite, Stormy Daniels. I was going to keep going, but I was ashamed of myself. Uh, um. In 30 years, that will be someone's band name. Catching fire! <laughs> <laughs> Catching fire! The... The Hunger Games? Yes. Okay, gotcha. Um, yeah, I saw floating around the internet also this week. Someone took, uh, basically wrote out all the things millennials have killed, like napkins <laughs> in the diamond industry, and like put it into where you could sing it to this song. Oh, yeah. And that's really fun. Oh, perfect. Yeah. I hope Applebee's is mentioned twice. <laughs> oh, God, only. that place sucks. It's the worst. Uh, we'll napkins, clo- Applebee's, and the diamond industry. <laughs> there you go. I did it for you. Avoidance of butt stuff. <laughs> yes, pubic hair in there. <laughs> Thongs. Guarantee it's not one of mine. Uh, but we didn't start the fires. What we'll close out with? Uh, we'll be back with 1999. This for my nigga singing things, hammering and kings, truck necklace, igloo, ringing things for the bitches. You see them rims spinning grin, that shit with the B trimmed and wings. Heavy and larger, silver, spurs, serrat, on the road to the richest, more furs to drag. More niggas to kill, then birds to bag, hit the jeweler and splurge the tab. Uh, come hops. Coming into 1999 with Notorious B.I.G. Uh, by... By Biggie, yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, and Lil, featuring Lil Kim off of Born Again. It, it's the first posthumous album. Yeah, that's what I didn't remember. I thought he was alive when this came out. Nope. But now, see, nope. this is what thirty twenty ten will do for you. That's right. I don't remember the Notorious B.I.G. album Born Again competing with Smooth by Santana. I don't remember that. It doesn't seem appropriate. Nope. Ugh. See, but this is what the show uh, will end up revealing. Also, new releases by. Uh, uh, what, Kellis? Yes. Kellis? Uh, the Kaleidoscope yeah. and Mandy Moore's debut, so real. And uh, the G Code by Juvenile. A little something for everyone in the family. There you go. Oh, wow. <laughs> I can't believe that this is. I feel like Mandy was out earlier than this, but I guess not. It's, I, this I, is. We're right in the, the girl singer time. Mm hmm. 
Jessica Simpson's creeping up from it's, behind. It's very odd. Yep. She was a she was a yeah she was a kind of a low key pop star and she's now kind of a low key actress. Oh, like, high key. I mean, she's on uh, like yeah, one of the biggest. Television I know. Is programs. It, this is us. Yeah. Sorry, it's mm-hmm. one of those shows I, I've never seen, so I don't know anything about. But like, yeah. but that she transitioned into something a little more serious and like has a good attitude about her old uh, Dude, career as a pop star. She's Eagles about it. I really loved her. Um, interview with Mark Maron on WTF where she gets pretty real about being with Ryan what's his name Ryan Adams mm. yeah mm. not like Brian Adams maybe yes. she was with Brian Adams she would have had a she better time she would be time. talking that kind of shit if she had that summer 69 that's right no apostrophe yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah Mandy Moore is great I love her I yeah. love her music I love her acting I love everything about her I like Tangled a yes, lot I really I do, do. Too. I, yeah. bought a, I bought a Rapunzel yeah. ornament this year yeah uh, I also like Saved I saved is so good. Saved is great. Oh, yeah. Saved is amazing. Uh, and uh, this also in 1999, <laughs> speaking of music, this is fucking crazy because I, I, I trying to remember where we were right now because I sort of bought a computer for like fourteen hundred dollars in wow. ninety nine money mm-hmm. because Oof. of Napster for mm-hmm. real. Because mm-hmm. at this before that, I was like. God, I want this album so bad, but it's sixteen dollars. Wait a minute. <laughs> if I take my music budget for the year and buy a computer and just use Napster, <laughs> this will all work out. I feel yeah. so old saying that, but like that's how it was. I helped ruin the music industry, but today yeah. the uh, uh, the record associate what the record RIA the Recording uh, Industry Association of America. Uh, yeah, okay. they sue the fuck out of Napster, mm-hmm. and uh, and this goes on for eight. Years. Wow. Ugh. It is a long case. But yeah, Napster loses. Napster goes bankrupt. They try to get stuff out of Napster. The guy who bought Napster or the company that bought Napster, they try to go after that. But basically saying, hey, you're stealing our shit and helping other people steal it too. And Napster's like, what? Who? Me? No, I didn't. Prove it. No. You know what? Fine. I'll just give you Facebook. And then it's like, great, Ooh. thanks. They really honestly... What? Napster got the last laugh in the. Well, sort of. I think they're still around in, yeah. uh, as a as yeah. a legit yeah, music service. Um, but it did it did. I can't think of anything that changed music more than this. Mm. No, it wasn't. Whoever your no. favorite star musician is, it was this. Yeah. This changed no, everything. You true. Look at every single graph or study of <clears throat> of music sales. Ninety nine two thousand is the peak, and then it fucking plummets. Yeah. Because I remember trying to save money by buying soundtracks. Because, God, it's $18 of 1998 money. I better get the fucking mm-hmm. soundtrack because mm-hmm. I, I can get more music that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It's fucking nuts. And, and again, Napster did something that maybe other file sharing services have done, but I didn't notice. Mm-hmm. Um, that you could click on the username and then browse their whole catalog. Oh, yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Even when I... <laughs> Even when I get stuff nefariously today, mm-hmm. I can't really do that. Mm-hmm. I can't search mm-hmm. someone's entire hard drive for what they have and download everything wrongly labeled Weird Al. Of course, sure, that's of happen. course. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's a really racist song for Weird Al. And it doesn't sound like it. <laughs> someone should relabel this. Uh, but yeah, everything changed yeah. around the Napster but times. But yeah, if, if the RAAA had gotten ahead of digital distribution, then mm-hmm. none of this would have happened. But no, they didn't. Yeah, this... And because the internet is still kind of funny, it's like it's hard to process you know, payments and stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, they just didn't think of it. Yeah, because I... it was you know sales were higher than ever. It will be glory days from mm-hmm. here until the sun dies. Well, and I think probably too, uh, there's a group of people who are in the RIAA who did not 
couldn't really conceptualize what exactly was going on yeah, I don't, with I don't, file sharing. Like, how does yeah. it work? I don't like, blame how, them. It, I, I don't there's know. That, there's yeah. that pretty semi-terrible movie called The Middleman mm-hmm. about the people who figured out how to actually take money for porn. Because it, was, mm-hmm. it wasn't just the Old West. Imagine if the Old West didn't have a way to take currency. Mm-hmm. Like, and there's no Bitcoin. Right. And so it was just like... I don't know. Let's just steal everything. And uh, no one could figure it out. And Amazon and I think PayPal and some of these porn, mostly porn, figured out how to take people's mm-hmm. money over the internet. Yeah. It, t- it took a little while. It wasn't quite ready in 1999. We just said, like, Amazon's like, we're going to sell more than books. That When was the last time you associated <laughs> Amazon as a bookstore? But it was for years. Yeah. And uh, anyway... Movies of 1999. Oh my God! Speaking of timeless, a study in opposites. What a double feature! (laughs) Uh, I know I saw both make you depressed at a college theater. That's I. I don't know. I was I was very much on board with the Happy Madison work at this point, Mm -hmm. and that extended (sighs) to a guy I loved from his SNL work for real, Rob Schneider. And uh, yeah. I, I couldn't wait for him to star in his own his own movie to say more than "You can do it" in a movie uh, with William Forsythe and Eddie Griffith and Deuce Bigelow, male gigolo. Job. I clean fish tanks. Wow. He's a problem. Where am I going to get six thousand dollars? His only choice. I'm Deuce Bigelow. You're gigolo for the. Easy. I think there's been a mistake. Did you say steak? From the producers of Big Daddy. I knew we should ask for a photo. Comes the world's most unlikely male escort. Oh, dude. Hi. Uh, Sarah laughing at a Rob Reiner trailer. (laughs) Rob Reiner? (laughs) Rob Schneider, my bad. Not Rob Reiner. I'm sorry, it's funny when her leg comes off. (laughs) I I saw this movie in the theater three times. What? Now hang oh, on, for hang on. Sake. You're the problem. I spent a semester at Flagler College, and there was two theaters in that town, mm-hmm. and one the one close to the college had two screens, so they had this and Galaxy Quest for the entire time I went there. So that was the it's only thing easy to see. Choice. Friend. I saw both yeah. like several times in the theater, and they would sell you drinks underage, so I don't remember much about either. Aha! <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. uh, but I know this is uh, this is yeah. a case of uh, whoever made this movie. Who was that? Sony. They just, like, when it came time to make the next one, like, yeah, it made money, but do we really want to be associated with this film? <laughs> it had, a different studio had to make the sequel because this did insanely oh, well. Oh, no. Yeah. It, it did. Well, considering it's cheap as fuck. Yeah. I mean, who are you paying? Yeah. It's- and it's got a funny title, which is fun mm-hmm. to make fun of. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't especially like Rob Schneider just as a performer. Uh, Eddie Griffin, though. I got real laughs out of him in this, yeah. and I wanted every time Rob Schneider came back after talking to Eddie Griffin, I was like, "Oh, go back to Eddie Griffin." It's, it's a bummer. I say, as a huge SNL fan, Rob Schneider was transcendent on, mm. really I good. I could not disagree more, dude. He's so good. What about that that no. episode where he's pretending to be a girl in the girls' dorm? Like, come on, y'all, let's go take a shower. I'm like, <laughs> oh, I'm really hot from that argument. Let's go take. So fun. I love Rob Schneider on the show. I don't like the the so, rich Meister, Tiny Elvis. Uh, Tiny Elvis, Diana. Okay, I remember Tiny Elvis. Yeah, Tiny Elvis is wonderful. Uh, but uh, I liked it when it was Nicolas Cage, the original Tiny Elvis. Tiny, but but like he, Rob Schneider as an actor became this like a uh, constantly wincing guy getting hit in the nuts character that he didn't do on SNL mm-hmm. when he be- it came time to become a leading man. And I, I this there's nothing to really love about this movie, but it's not really much to hate about it anymore either. It looks like it's set in just porn sets. Like they just used <laughs> pornography. Yeah, I, I remember Rob probably Schneider. why it was made pretty cheaply. It was funny. He was talking about like, I had to get in shape, but not too much shape. It was this Ooh, weird balance. That's interesting. Yeah, because yeah. like I, 
you could be so I could have been so fat it's disgusting, uh-huh. or I could have been so fit it's not funny. So I had to get into mm. the right kind of pot belly. Dad, dad bod. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'd never heard anybody anybody talk about that specifically mm-hmm. before, but because he had to have a shirt off throughout most of the film. Yeah. So he can't be ripped, yeah. but he can't be disgusting. Yeah. No, that I think that's yeah. a pretty common thing for a lot of leading men mm. in certain kinds of movies, family movies especially. You know, they do need to be a certain body type that is ni- neither nor basically. Mm. Tell that to Joe mm. Piscopo. Yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> ladies don't get the same. Hell no. Yeah. I need y'all. Lever. I guess. Uh, all right. I'll let me. I'm going to say one nice thing about this movie. Do this it. is a movie that its basic setup is constantly making fun of women, but it does not feel sexist and mean spirited as much as I expected. Okay. You know, I mean, there are a lot of jokes of like, ha ha, this fat lady is horny and also <laughs> likes to eat, but it doesn't like. I don't know, completely devalue them as humans. Yeah. <laughs> there. I said something nice. Hmm. Besides Eddie Griffin, I love him. I did not expect anybody to come to the table for <laughs> Deuce Bigelow, but here we are, Diana. I yes. guess she hates War of the Roses, loves Deuce Bigelow. That's what I'm going to remember <laughs> about this episode. Yeah, you remember that real well. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. No, that, that is my favorite thing. I was just talking about this today with a friend. There are certain things and cultural touchstones where you say, eh, I'm just not really into that thing. And then everyone just remembers you say you hate you that hate thing. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't validate my love for it. They're, yeah. Bah. I don't hate it. Yeah. I just don't, not into it. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. I didn't agree to listen to your show. You listened to mine. <laughs> uh, so I don't hear any of those responses anymore. But a movie I did love, and I do want to say it stars Tom Hanks, David Morris, Bonnie Hunt, Michael, Michael Clark Duncan, James Cromwell. Mm. And, but to me, this was my introduction to Sam Rockwell. Oh, yeah. I never heard ah. of him before, and he really impressed me. And I still say every once in a while, like, uh, uh, hunting bugs, where are you going, you big fucker? Big fucker. <laughs> <laughs> From the movie... Uh, Frank Darabont's second second movie and second Stephen King adaptation, The Green Mile. You might want to reconsider getting in the cell with this guy. Why's that? He's enormous. He's a sort of man. He deserves to fry for what he's done. Ah! He's found with the victims in his arms. I don't think he did it at all. Take my hand, boy. I do not see God putting a gift like that in the hands of a man who kill a child. From the director of The Shawshank Redemption. You're talking about a miracle. Tom Hanks. I am. The Green Mile. Rated R. I really like this movie. <laughs> I really yeah. do. And I, I, I know it's pappy and it's kind of stupid. Um, I wouldn't well, say that. It, it gets there. I just I remember watching this in 99 and being like really impressed. Like, oh, this is interesting. Again, yeah, you're right. Frank Darabont, Stephen King in prison. Okay. That's why is this working so well? I don't know. But it's got a lot of really good character actors in it. Mm-hmm. And... I, you know, it's going in directions I wasn't expecting. And then uh, at the end, he has to fucking say it. He has to fucking spell the metaphor out about it. I guess we all walk our own green mile. And I was like, God damn it, movie. Yeah. There's so, so much evil in the world, balls. I, I, I just fucking, I don't know. I really love this. I love, I, I, I love it more now that we don't have Michael Clark Duncan. Sure. Because oh, uh, it's not, yeah. this, this is a great performance. It's just like, a, there's no equivalent to this performance. Mm-hmm. He looks constantly in pain mm-hmm. as what's essentially an angel spoiler mm-hmm. but i don't care anymore no. uh and so and but then he's he it punctuates that with childlike glee from yeah. from this like the only black actor in most of the scenes mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's he's mm-hmm. like twice the height of everybody uh it's i don't know it's a really good role for him and it makes me miss him a lot because yeah. I, I didn't like a ton of what he did outside of uh this and daredevil <laughs> but uh but what about I, the island <clears throat> 
Was he in the aisle? I don't remember. Like he was. I don't remember. A movie but... that I actually enjoy. Yeah, I don't. I definitely saw this movie, but I actually have stronger memories of the book because, of course, the book is Mm. a lot more emotional, and it was a very emotional experience for me. This might be the first book I remember crying as I read it. Um, Wow! And it's great. I mean, is it a book? It's not like a. Wasn't Shawshank a short story? Uh, I don't know about Shawshank, but I know that The Green Mile actually was a um, serial. Okay. I can't remember what. uh, publication though it's was published Collier's, in some dead magazine. I, I want to say Esquire, yeah, but I'm not I sure. Them, yeah, I remember them coming out as small books. Yeah, and so I read chapters. it. I read it all put together in one uh, giant tome because it is long, but it's very very good. Um, and it was kind of one of those movies that went the movie. It just pales in comparison a little bit. It's still very good, I think. But yeah, the book is the book is better. Sorry, it, it might be a little overly long, and I only see it on TV with commercials, so I kind of can't stomach spending four hours with this film but like i don't know it, it's 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 sweet it's perfect it's nice it's a, probably a better christmas movie than anything you got in 1989 well, that's for dang sure but we didn't even explain like what the hell this movie's about right it is about but i'm sure uh, people know a bunch of prison guards who work on death row and some of the inmates they encounter you have uh Mr. Green Jeans. <laughs> what's his name shit i forget but uh from sesame street michael jeter yeah michael jeter no what he's not in it no, Michael Jeter's the guy with the mouse. Yes, yes, I know. But then, like, Sam Rockwell's a character on Death Row, mm-hmm. and then so is a character they only know as John Coffey, a giant uh, black man who is visually foreboding, but uh, clearly has a very a gentle, gentle demeanor. Mm-hmm. And they start to notice very special things about him. And it contains one of the weirdest deaths on screen I've ever seen in my whole life, mm-hmm. watching Sam, mm-hmm. Sam Rockwell get killed by... Mm-hmm. Angel bugs? I don't know. I don't like. I love. I, I it, when I watch this movie, it's like I get how this works in a book, but I feel like this is something Hollywood would change, and they didn't. And it's more if you don't expect it, it's one of the most bizarre things you've ever seen on screen. And that's part of what I like about this: the idea of like these fucking all these boomers like loving Stephen King that much. This is a Rob Reiner production from a studio he named after Stephen King. <laughs> Uh, an adaptation of Stephen King by Frank Darabont, his second of four. Like what else? Uh, Shawshank, Hearts of Atlantis, and The Mist, uh, and this. Uh, it's all he made. Wow. Like all, all he directed. He he would work on Indiana Jones and stuff okay. like that. But he all he directed was he only cared about adapting Stephen King works. Okay, accurately, and uh, and did a great job with yeah, it. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> And and I love the idea of, like, in a pre-Marvel MCU world, you have all these Stephen King dorks. Like, all we want to do is bring Stephen King movies <laughs> to the screen. Because Rob Reiner made Stand By Me and named a studio after Castle Rock. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. also brought a Seinfeld. So there. Uh, I don't know. Green Mile, I, I, I don't. And it's not. It'll never be my favorite movie. I'll never like it more than Shawshank. But it is. Mm-hmm. I love the that nobody's who who you would think they are from the poster. Yeah. Like, the prison guards right. are gentle and nice and understanding. Uh, the huh. prisoners are... Even David Morse, because he usually yeah. plays the bad guy. No, he's fucking, he's awesome. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good to know. I can't, mm-hmm. obviously, I didn't remember that part of it. Yeah. yeah well, there's there's a bad one. Yeah, there's definitely a bad one. Oh, shit, who's that guy? Because he's, oh, wait, he's Doc the one. Hutchinson. He's the one who uh, turned out to be a scumbag in real life, right? Yeah. Isn't he, like, married to a 16-year-old yep. or something like that? <laughs> right, exactly. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Oh, maybe he's the he's the on-screen death I'm thinking of. Sorry, not Sam Rockwell. Uh, but, but, yeah, this I don't know. I dig this movie. It's worth watching. It is. It's not Shawshank, yeah. but it's some. Yep. It's also worth reading. Yeah. I feel like it's, yeah. I mean, it's it's well made. It's really well acted. Yeah. If uh, it's a lot of people have probably been a long time since you watched it. And it's, it's worth watching start to finish. 
Yeah, and uh, moving into television of 1999. Um, oh, my goodness. Not much, I have to say. We're kind of in that weird TV time where everything's a Christmas special, yeah. but we're not mm-hmm. in sweeps, so there's not a ton of like yeah, everything, stunt everything not, casting going on or anything like that. Everything not shot in New York is on hiatus. Yeah, and they're pretty much, I think, TV people are assuming most people are traveling and... I don't know, buying trees and caroling and stuff. So they're not watching a lot of TV. So, you know, it's a little dry this week, but there's still some good stuff. Such as Suddenly Susan, yeah. The Wish List, star- guest starring Leaf Garrett. Yes. He's no longer with us, right? I don't think he is. I don't know. Maybe he is. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but apparently this, I mean, this is one of those, if you describe this episode to anyone, I think even a month younger than us, they would say who to every person <laughs> in this sentence. Dan but yeah. No. <laughs> uh, oh, wait, that's the other show. Um, Brooke Shields, you know, plays Sunly Susan. We haven't really talked about this show before, I don't think. Um, but yeah, she had a pretty successful sitcom in the 90s. Well, that I watched that some of it. aired after Seinfeld. Well, yeah, of course, it was part of the <laughs> it's, Thursday It's lineup. gone after this year because yeah. it doesn't have a lead in. But um, yeah, she has this great wish to meet Leif Garrett. And who is a teen pop sensation from mm-hmm. the 70s. Yep. I only know him from his Behind the Music. Me too. <laughs> I know that he met the man he crippled and that's yeah. it. And apparently um, the meeting does not go as planned. Mm. Blah, blah. Is a big guest star, I think, that week for your moms. <laughs> and um, what else we got? Uh, SNL is hosted by Danny DeVito with musical guest R.E.M. Mm-hmm. Um, they were promoting. N- yeah, well, letter? Danny DeVito. Nothing. This is... Really? This is Dane DeVito's five timer oh, time. Sweet. Yeah. Oh, and they so, bring in that jacket and really bring it in. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's a little man. Yeah. Um, and he actually wasn't even slated to guest host. It was actually supposed to be Jim Carrey, but he had a scheduling conflict. Really? I imagine some sort of, I don't know. Once again, I think Jim Carrey hates SNL. It, it took him a while to warm to it. Yeah. He tried out a bunch and didn't get it. And he has very mean monologue for in 95. Oh. Didn't come back for a while. But uh, uh, and also on uh, the 12th CBS Hallmark Hall of Fame movie, A Season for Miracles. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I just pulled this one because we got to talk about a Hallmark movie at least once a week <laughs> this year. And this one has some pretty big star power that I don't think you would expect in a Hallmark movie. I mean, we've got Laura Dern, Carlo Gugino, mm-hmm. uh, Mae Whitman, who, you know, at the time was a child actress. Hey, her? Her, mm, egg, her? and uh, Lynn Redgrave, and I believe Patty Duke is also in this. So Patty Duke, it's yeah. real, yeah, some real heavy hitters for a season for miracles. I don't know, children are homeless, and <laughs> Carlo Gugino yeah. adopts them. Uh, Something like that. Mercifully, doesn't have sex with Robert De Niro. I read oh, his uh, sex Muppet face. <laughs> oh, Carla, sorry, the Irishman. You poor, made poor me think woman. <laughs> yeah. Uh. I don't know. I read the summary for this like three times. I still haven't. <laughs> I, it, it didn't stick. <laughs> and uh, also on the 12th, we have uh, The X-Files, The Goldberg Variation, starring mm-hmm. Bill Goldberg. No, it's not that good. Uh, but Willie, Willie Garson? Um, mm-hmm. Garson? I don't Garson? know how to say his name. Yeah. Yeah. Willie Garson. Yeah, Shia LaBeouf. He's in everything, Willie Garson. He's in a Sex in the City, and I don't. And White Collar. <laughs> I have, is that a USA uh-huh. show? Of course it is. Uh, don't know it. Uh, yeah, but this is oh, a but this is a good one. I remember this, this one. This is a good one. This is one of the the X Files that they did every now and then, where it's supposed to be just kind of funny and a funny fun one. And okay. Willie Garson plays of the luckiest guy in the world. 
and uh, hmm. they're like, you know, investigating him. And it's, you know, the Goldberg variation. So there's a lot of references to Rube Goldberg machines oh. in this. And the whole episode was kind of apparently designed to be a Rube Goldberg machine that you're watching where with plot points, you know, kind of one thing collapses one another. Thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that probably sticks out for a lot of people because the X-Files didn't often do like a funny, lighthearted no, I, I, one. But when it yeah. when they did, it always kind of stuck out for people because some people really hated those funny episodes as, as, and some of them loved them. as someone who never saw the x-files in order because i was wasn't dvd and they're all showing out of order with reruns like mm-hmm. my favorite ones were the self-contained as they call the monster of the week ones so if they were whether they were funny mm-hmm. or not like i don't know what the overarching plot is at all right so the more self-contained it is the more i enjoyed them so That's i always love the stunt ones yeah uh, more than more than whatever the fuck else is going on it's got a little baby Shia LaBeouf in it. Yeah. Do it! <laughs> and, uh, oh my God. Video games of 1999. They're terrible. But, well, yeah. it, there's one big one because the, the, one of the biggest selling games of the previous generation uh, was a little game called Gran Turismo. Mm. And Gran Turismo Ooh. 2 is finally out. And uh, I realize now I hate these games. Oh. They were, <laughs> but they were at the time. They were visual, visually impressive. They were for they were car porn. I didn't having worked in games and on racing games. I know now that like uh, people in England and Japan have at the most one car or possibly zero. So the idea of driving is a bigger thrill. Oh, yeah. Okay. Like for me, owning at the time owning a car is a giant pain in the ass, and yeah. I wish I didn't have to do it. For me, cars are burdens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For most people in in the other side of the other side of the ocean, like owning a car is a massive privilege or a big oh, headache. Okay. So the idea of being able to like look, man, that new fucking Honda, crazy, right? Uh, and you can drive a perfect digital representation of every single mm-hmm. car in the universe is a huge deal for the majority of the country. Just not me as a, someone who likes racing games. I don't give a fuck how this civic handles. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care, <laughs> but it looked really good. Mm-hmm. And you, and I, I don't, I'll never forget the replays, but uh, yeah, Grand Turismo 2 is out. That's the biggest game this week, but taking us out. How about some candy by Mandy? Ooh, I'm yeah. missing you like cake. Yeah. Baby. We're going to close out with uh, Mandy by Candy Moore. Uh, I did that on purpose. <laughs> and, and we'll see you once again in 2009 where I'll be able to tell you about my favorite modern Christmas special. the ships at sea it's time for diana's classic corner where we look even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth a watching and for the week of december 6th through 12th i got two choices and they're not very christmasy but uh let's deal with it uh this week december 6th 1969 so 50 years ago this week was the rather infamous altamont concert uh it was like woodstock with more violence and death and I'll, I'll recommend the documentary about that when it comes out in a year's time or so. I'll talk about it more then. But uh, my two recommends for this week, also from 1969, 50 years ago this week, I have to give a shout out to the second weirdest movie I've ever seen, The Magic Christian, starring Peter Sellers and Ringo Starr. Uh, it's a, I don't even know how to describe that one. It's kind of a series of sketches that just go on forever and it's really weird and it ends with rich people digging through poop for money. Okay. 
Uh, but the two actually like great movies that came out this week, uh, 1969. Uh, first was Z by Costa Gravas. That is a Greek movie. It's one of those movies where it's like you feel like you're watching a documentary. It's a political thriller about an assassination, and I cannot recommend it enough. I can't put my finger on why it feels so much like a documentary, but they just they just nail it. And the other one coming coming together with the the designing women title of the they shoot fat women, don't they? The movie where that title comes from came out 50 years ago this week, uh, December 10, 1969. Sidney Pollack directed They Shoot Horses, Don't They? Starring Jane Fonda and Gig Young and Michael Sarazen. I think Red Button's not too. And that's a really, really good but kind of a downer movie about desperation uh, during the Depression and these dance marathons that just go through trying to get some money but punishing themselves physically and emotionally but just refusing to stop and eat and sit down and sleep. And it's it captures a time really well. Like, you really feel like you're in the 30s. And performances are just great all around. I kind of feel like this is Jane Fonda's breakout. It's like, oh, shit, she can act. She's not just, like, really cute. Anyway, those are my two recommends for this week. I'm sorry they're not really good Christmas viewing, but, yeah, I'll come up with something for you maybe next week. I don't know. That's it for this week. Stay classic. <laughs> Coming in with uh, Deuces by Kevin McCall and Tiga and Chris Brown, too. Yeah. Uh, off of graffiti. <laughs> I was avoiding it. Welcome to 2009, everyone. December 6th to the 12th. Uh, this this something very exciting happens for me in this decade. The movies are I can't wait. There's very rarely a 2009 I'm excited to talk about. It. Uh, but there's some new music releases this week. We've got Shock Value by Timbaland. Uh, this is War by 30 Seconds to Mars. Wow. Malice in Wonderland. Clever, Snoop Dogg. Clever. Wait, Tear Garden by Kaleidoscope by uh, Smashing Pumpkins. Volume 4, Songs in the Key of Love and Hate by Puddle of Mud. <laughs> and The State versus uh, Radrick Davis by Gucci Mane. And uh, welcome to 2009, I should say, even though a lot of that feels like holdovers from the 90s. A big and, rap and hip-hop <laughs> week, for sure. And, uh, yes, December 6th to the 12th, Empire State of Mind is still numero uno uh, mm. by Jay Zizzle, even though I always forget he's in that song, and as do many of you. Uh, movies, 2009, December 6th to the 12th, uh, A Woman, A Gun, and A Noodle Shop. <laughs> yeah. You mean to tell me this is an Asian film? It is an Asian film. It has a couple different titles that all have, like, noodles in it. But again, shout out to Zhang Yimou, who I just talked about last week, I think, with Not One Less, making an incredibly different movie. This is a remake of the Coen Brothers' Blood Simple. No shit. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Even though I don't and like that movie. really cool. <laughs> oh, I love that movie. I know. I think I need to watch it again. Maybe I will before a certain length. Because it, uh-huh. it's not even really a contender for that topic. But you, you, the ladies know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh-huh. And the men don't understand. <laughs> the back dog man. <laughs> sure. I, I don't mind being cryptic. What? I don't mind being cryptic. What? That was that wasn't cryptic. That's the fucking doors, man. Oh, my bad. Anyway, uh, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. It's kind of wackety schmackety, which you don't expect from a director who does big, grand, sweeping visions of stuff. I really liked it, but I love the original Blood Simple too. But apparently, the Coen Brothers like this remake, so that's cool. Oh, they actually said something about it. Good for them. Uh, yeah. acor- according to Greta, there's also out this week a Hillary Duff vehicle. I'm sure oh. we were all there day one for this. I'm always there when the rain yeah. falls down. It's the only it thing I know sounds, she's done. <laughs> it sounds really 
atypical for Hillary Duff because it's like a coming of age film, but it's all about how she's suicidal, like the whole movie, and then finally like deals with her problems, which is like, oh, I was expecting this to be much more like teen cutesy, but I guess that's 2009 and we're later than that. So she's being serious. Good yeah, she's growing that. up a little bit here. She has a, a turn on Gossip Girl also this year, 2009. Hmm. So she's, she's kind of turned into a pretty good little actress, though. Has she? Little actress. Look at me. Am I my dad? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she's great on Younger. What the fuck is that? It's a television program that's on now. On on what channel? Um, Is it one that ends in a C? I probably haven't seen it. TV Land? Oh, okay. No, definitely haven't seen it. It's very good. Mm. Uh, And now it's time for the worst movie I've ever seen. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This. Or ever look forward to. This is such a good. This is such a great bad movie. No, the first is one a... is a great bad movie. Yeah. Oh, no. This is so bad. Get drunk with your friends and okay. make fun of. Boondock Saints 2, colon, All Saints Day. <laughs> so Norman Reedus and Sean Patrick Flannery return as the <sighs> Gun Brothers. I forget. I watched the first Boondock Saints so many times. We, t- we talked about this on a laser time about a year ago. Mm-hmm. In-, in accordance, the best movie to come out of this is... I forget the name of it. The Troy Duffy documentary. Overnight. Right. Overnight. Overnight. Yeah, yeah. It's not available anywhere. You have to search the internet and find it on like a daily motion. Uh, it's about in, in the wake of the Tarantino hitman violent craze. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. fucking bartender gets this lush gig where the Weinsteins not only buy his movie, but buy the bar he works at for him to make a violent movie that then they then drop. And he's an asshole about it. Ruins all his friends. Has a shitty band. He's trying... Overnight, I can't recommend it enough when like fame goes to your head when you're not really good at anything. And uh, he ends up selling the rights to Boondock Saints altogether in almost every fashion uh, in order to make get the movie made. And it becomes a surprise hit on video of which he makes nothing. So he finally gets to make a sequel 10 years later, gets financing. Uh, it is so fucking bad. And all the cast returns. <laughs> so Even Doc from Fraggle Rock comes back. As well as Billy Conley and Peter Fonda. Uh, Billy Conley is uh, mm. <laughs> all about uh, basically like, I don't know, like a Catholic version of falling down. Oh, uh, boy. Yeah. It's just uh, what we need. Oh, yeah. this is like, think of think of everything that you don't like about everyone who misinterprets Fight Club. <laughs> okay. And you have the fans, the serious fans of Boondock Saints. Oh. Okay. okay. It is so... So shitty macho bullshit of like, yeah, eh, modern life is taking our balls and we just gotta use women and shoot people we don't like and nah, it's so fucking stupid. We've gotta but take morality in our own least, hands. It's it's the worst. Yeah. Yeah. At least the first one is like watchable. You can laugh at it as much as you can laugh with it. Mm-hmm. This is so hilariously bad. It's like a it's like a parody of the first one. It's, it's so awful. Wow. It's so ungodly. It's <laughs> it's incredible. It, like I've never had to like. It's one of those few things that like in, in a time where I wasn't very introspective that makes me question myself and everything I've done. Because hmm. like holy shit, I like the first one of these. This is so terrible and speaks terribly about me morally. And <laughs> it's okay to check yourself. I, I know, but it like, but to do that inadvertently, like, mm. who am I? <laughs> Why did I want to see this so bad? And, and it even it adds a Clifton Collins Jr., a guy I love, and was on. The, this yeah. is kind of his heyday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe he's is he set on fire? Some I can't remember. Eh, maybe that's probably. maybe that's. I think I'm thinking of Crank too. Uh, but, <laughs> but this because because this movie I remember like I'm so excited I can't wait, and then I just remember like I'm bored and I don't have a fucking iPhone to look at. Oh <laughs> yeah, this sucks. Uh, and then I just like wait, this does suck. 
has this always sucked? And then I went back and watched the first movie. I'm like, this is amateur garbage. Holy fuck. So the only thing good out of this is the documentary about the creator of Boondock Saints, Troy Duffy. It's like a spell was cast upon us. And I don't know why, and I can't explain it. Well, I, I think if you remember how we talked about the first Boondock Saints, it didn't get a theatrical release. It got... Blockbuster bought it exclusively, which is something most people don't remember. That they they did right. their Netflix thing. They had original. They didn't really finance much original programming, but they would buy stuff up. Mm-hmm. And they bought this, and that means there would be two copies of Boondock Saints, and you'd hear about it, and you'd go there every Friday, like oh, I got to see this thing people are talking about, and it's not there. Mm-hmm. And you create this for some people a six month to year long anticipation to mm-hmm. see this film, mm-hmm. which is an old school thing that used to happen with theaters, let alone mm-hmm. video stores. Right. And it just got talked about for way longer than it would have, if not for the scarcity. And yeah. it, it also deals with subject matter of basically vigilante. Uh, and yeah, it's, and it's very stylish. And so it's like wish fulfillment of like everyone who ever annoyed you, you can take your vengeance on them and you are really Catholic and righteous about it. Mm. You know, they're, they're cool hitmen. We mm. loved cool hitmen. That's just, true. And I think it speaks more to like how much I'd grown into what happened in society over the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. But like, I went from being a teenager to a, a nearly 30 year old. And so like seeing this, like, dude, Oh my God, is there anything else I could wipe away from what that I liked or what I did or what I was? Oh, gross. I don't like how this speaks of me. I, again, I, there's not a lot of movies I can say that about, but that's how I felt with boondock saints to all saints day. Because as you were, as it was difficult to find the film, it was difficult for this film to get off the ground. Mm-hmm. No one knew it would make that kind of money again. And But for people my age, everyone had seen it. Everyone had heard of it. Everybody mm-hmm. wanted to follow up. They, they, it's, it ends on a cliffhanger like this keeps going with Willem Dafoe. <laughs> uh, anyway, sorry. All Saints Day. Yep. Blah, it's terrible. There's a much better so, sequel. So funny. There's a much better sequel in here. And it's not My Son, My Father, What Have Ye Done? Jesus, is this my what... Son, My Actually, Son, What oh. Have Ye Done? No, my bad. Yeah. My Son, My Son, What Have um, Ye Done? Is this a Dr. Seuss movie? No. I wish, because it's directed by Werner Herzog. Werner Herzog. I love him. It's a, it's yeah. a, we've got a twofer this we week. We have two Werner Herzog movies? We yeah. have a twofer. Yeah. My Son, My Son, What Have You Done? Uh, stars Michael Shannon as a guy who kills his mom, and then there's a standoff, and it's looking back on all the weird shit that happened to him, and that's how he got to be the way he is. Yeah. There was a fire there fight! Is. Does William Defoe say that in this movie and not Boondock Saints? I can't even remember if he's in Boondock Saints 2. I don't think he is. No. I think he gets killed. Hmm. Does he get killed? Or no. no, he shows up way at the end, like, surprise! Yes. Oh, it's so dumb. It's... <laughs> 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 but I, I've never even heard of it. Wow. I, I cannot believe yeah, that. Yeah, my son, my son, what have you done? Is, is, I mean, it's it was pretty indie. It, it did well at, like, foreign film festivals. Um, but it was deeply, deeply overshadowed yes. by the Werner well, Herzog movie. I think, and I, I'm slowly sort of getting into Herzog around this mm. period. Well, I mean, Grizzly Man mm. is the first movie I saw in theaters okay. from Herzog. Yeah, and he'd make uh, a okay. he'd make a documentary, and then he'd make uh, generally a narrative film. I and, started mm. with Fitzcarraldo. Oh, really? Because <laughs> I'm a lunatic, Woo! apparently. Fitzcarraldo's amazing. <laughs> uh, but like, I, I I've loved him ever since then. Without triple checking, I think this is. Herzog's last studio film because I most mm. of the things I've seen that he's done since then are mostly documentaries and mostly uh, yeah uh, mm-hmm. what's that Christian Bale uh, prisoner of war movie with Steve Zahn and it's right. um, oh yeah yeah um, but like this was this had a pretty big release mm-hmm. and has a pretty big star mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. 2009 in it Nicholas Cage mm-hmm. yeah it's a sequel to Harvey Keitel's it's not a sequel well no it's- 
it's a follow up. It's completely unrelated. It's, it's completely unrelated. Well, it, it looks like a remake in the beginning. Maybe, yeah. yeah. I mean, but Werner has like said over and over again, like this has nothing to do with How the original. How did he say it? This has n- Don't make me do voices. <laughs> this has nothing to do with the original. Find me the baby Yoda. Bring me his head. <laughs> to the point where he like fought with the original filmmaker of the original Bad Lieutenant. I don't know what he was trying to do. And I don't know what the film means. <laughs> Good thing to say about almost all of his But I, was, I love it. I've watched it more than I once. I love it. The ending is one of the funniest things I've ever seen in the universe. This movie is wild. <laughs> it's got everything. But that Bad Lieutenant was notorious for Harvey Keitel <laughs> behaving very badly as a police officer. Mm-hmm. Show me how you suck right. a guy's cock. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Really, really disgusting yeah. behavior. And Nick Cage does a bit of that, too, in Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, New Orleans, which feels like two colons in a movie, <laughs> in a movie <laughs> <Dennis>. title. <laughs> Against the wall. You can empty your pockets, dump out the handbag. You want a hat? Yes. Where the fuck What are these iguanas doing on my coffee table? Yeah. There ain't no iguana. Yeah, there are. There ain't no iguana. Where's the 15,000? Put their gun away. Kill all of you. <laughs> to the break of dawn, baby. <laughs> you know the people are friendly there. Do you think these guys care you're a cop? Shoot him again. What fool? His soul's still dancing. <laughs> and then it cuts to. It's amazing. Oh, what? It, it cuts to someone break dancing yeah. in that guy's outfit. Yeah, I, I don't understand this, this movie. This movie is wild, and I love it. It's, it's, I love this movie much. Mm-hmm. It's like the best thing Nick Cage uh, has ever done. And he gets it he, kind he, of is. He gets yeah. to play completely unbridled Nick Cage and you won't be embarrassed to watch it because yes. the film the film is using that to say something. Right. He's totally unhinged. Um it, but it makes sense for his character. I haven't like seen this guy... happen since Vampire's Kiss. Yeah. I'm a vampire. His, his character seems like a guy that's already kind of unhinged and then also yes. is using all the drugs. He's confiscating all, all the drugs. The drugs. Every single one of them. Uh, yeah. In in a weird way, I feel like this would double feature okay with bringing out the dead. Yeah, me too. Yeah. But we also talked about this here because it's about him, yeah, gradually becoming more and more unhinged. Only in this one, he starts out at nine. Right. Yeah. And then it just keeps getting worse. He is... I think the worst human being of all time. I mean, it's, it's he's violently, he's, he's like threatening old women and like cutting off their oxygen <laughs> just kind of to be a dick. I mean, he's a cop, but he's not really doing any cop stuff half the time. <laughs> no, he's just the opposite of cop doing stuff. Drugs and cry and weird shit and exhibits in this. Yeah. And yes. Gilmer. And also Michael <laughs> and, Shannon a little bit. Hello, Michael Shannon. We got mm-hmm. Ava Mendez. So mm-hmm. it's it's uh, a Ghost Rider reunion. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. Uh, I I always I was gonna try and point out, and this is from my vague memories of yeah. the vaguer memories of this movie with American Psycho, because at the end of the film, mm. I don't know if I trust anything that's happened. Mm. And that is true. And I, I do like it. I do love mm-hmm. the, the the weird fucking knock you get to the skull at the. I liked it more in this than I did in American Psycho. Mm-hmm. Um, but because Nicolas Cage is much funnier than Patrick Bateman. Oh, 100%. <laughs> and but, he even sounds a little, you can hear like a Spider-Man noir character. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the 
the last little bit of the movie, Sam kept saying, I feel like he's going to wake up any minute now. Right. This feels like a dream mm. all of a sudden. I found those drugs you were looking and for. I don't know. <laughs> I would not classify him as the worst person in the world. He's just a fucking addict. I, I, but He's I don't doing know what... addict things, which are terrible, mm. but it's yeah. like almost any but addict so much... who has but a gun. so much of the time, like it starts out, you're like, oh, he's a bad cop. And then you're like, oh, no. Oh, no. And like you, you spend so much of the movie with like your your hand over your mouth just going, no. <laughs> what do you do? No. What? There's an easier way. You could talk this out. There's right. an easier way to do this. <laughs> Instead, just he always goes to 11 just immediately of just fucking craziness. Yeah, and I think that that's the point. Like, that's the point where yeah, I felt... it is totally the point. Yeah, that, like, he's not... Every choice he makes is to feed his addiction. And yeah. uh, and so that is just addict behavior, but he's not a bad guy. I mean, the way that he cares for Eva Mendez, mm. I think, is... I think he genuinely cares for her. I don't, yeah. I, get, I, I get the feeling that once upon a time, he was an okay guy. Mm -hmm. He was never a good person. And all well, of the drugs sure. and the addiction, the craziness yeah. have driven – he has, like, one drop of good still left in him that mm -hmm. makes him an okay guy in the end. But it's like he's a good person, but every one of his actions is terrible. Yes. Yeah. That's why I love it. I think it's such a – it's actually, I think, a very good depiction of, of, of addiction and addict behavior, mm -hmm. which I, I just – Maybe. I thought it did a good job of that, especially the end. Yeah, yeah, but that's a good point at being about addiction. Most movies about addiction are like really depressing mm -hmm. slogs. This is not leaving Las Vegas. Right, exactly. This is actually a lot of fun the whole way exactly. through. Even as you're like, you're laughing and then you're laughing at yourself for laughing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you're also doing the laugh of disbelief, like, what yeah. is this? <laughs> <laughs> Which is a fun one. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I cannot recommend this movie enough. And I, it's Same. probably not for everyone. I'm sure a lot of people watch it and be like, oh, God, why? Mm -hmm. I love but, it. I love it. Yeah, and, but working it backwards from the ending, comedy is pretty funny. I, I, I don't know what's going on. Mm -hmm. and I, it, it, But it's no. not in a way that I find dissatisfying at all. The mm -hmm. ending makes me laugh every time I think about it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's great. It's, it's, it's so great. And it makes yeah. me want to go back to New Orleans really badly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, Absolutely. And it's not oh, showing you. We have two great movies about New Orleans this I know, week it's a in New 2009. Orleans, it's a wow. New Orleans double feature, which makes me very happy. Yeah. Because, yeah, this, this doesn't... This one, I love it. This doesn't show you the good, fun parts of New Orleans, but it's still, no. it's still really... Uh, I don't know. I just love New Orleans so much. It really gives you that flavor very well of like, mm -hmm. I think a lot of people go to New Orleans, they stay in the French Quarter and it seems like adult Disney World, which it basically is. But you have to remind yourself, people actually live here like full time <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. in neighborhoods that are not on Bourbon Street. And yep. it's kind of weird to think about that, but it really shows off a lot of that. I don't know. I just love it so much. It's so great. Yeah. It's, it is weird that it's Werner Herzog. Yeah. I mean, he's not a guy you think of as being especially fun. Um. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I disagree. I think he's really? super fun. Yeah. Aguirre, Wrath of God, and Fitzcarraldo. I Spoken think... like someone who doesn't watch Entourage. I... <laughs> I mean, I think he has a great sense of humor. He playing himself yeah. in Entourage was great. It was also, really oh, playing the uh, guy trying to sell a house on Parks and Rec, also very oh good. I just love hearing him say, like, I want to move with my kids to Orlando. Yeah. Yeah. 
Look at me. I've got so-and-so for a dick. I never fail to... <laughs> it's a Rick and Morty Werner, Werner Herzog and Pierce. It's great. <laughs> um, and a movie I only recently saw at all hmm. on accident. Because mm-hmm. like none of these other films we've talked about will ever get a screening on television nowadays. But I no. did see Invictus on mm-hmm. FX the other day. Yeah. And, it, and it somehow grabbed me with a moment with a blimp. <laughs> You do uh, love blimps. That's I love one blimps. thing I always say about you. I do. At Chris Santista, he loves a blimp. Yeah, call me uh, Zeppelin Zoidberg. Oh. I, uh, no, don't call me that. You uh, prefer <laughs> blimpy over Subway. I, there's, there's no... Well, yeah, I prefer almost anything over Subway, uh, including Invictus, um, the movie and the true story. I would rather the true story have happened than me eat at Subway. Um, but... <laughs> Scott Eastwood, Matt Damon, Morgan Freeman as God? No, close. Nelson close Mandela. enough. In, uh, Invictus. Today marks the beginning of a new era in South Africa. He was a prisoner. As President Mandela takes office in Pretoria. He became a president. This country is hungry for greatness. We need your help. What did you want? I think he wants us to win the World Cup. It was a game that changed the world. Freeman. This is the time to build our nation. Matt Damon. This is our destiny. A Clint Eastwood film. Invictus. Witty PG-13. Starts December 11th. Oh, shit. I forgot this is a Clint Eastwood. I did, too. A mm-hmm. CE joint. I mean, he's going to make two a year. You're going to get one true. of them. That's true. Yep. And finally, Morgan Freeman. It, it seems so inevitable of that course. he was going to play Nelson Mandela at some point. And I'm glad it's here in not like a total hagiography, like the story of Mandela, yes. the walk to freedom. Excellent point. I'm so mm-hmm. glad it's not that. The, the it's biopic of Mandela. It's a sports movie. Yeah. 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 No, it's, it's a sports good, movie. good point. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's nice. It's a true story about what, rugby playing? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And, you know, integrating the country and, you know, uniting around one thing after the end of apartheid. And people are worried that there's going to be all this, you know, racial violence because, oh, no, the black people are in charge. They're going to get some payback or what's going to happen. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's about like uniting around sports. Is that always how white people think? I mean, what? Yes. Just... <laughs> oh, no, it's payback time. Think... Payback yeah, for why, what, man? Are you admitting wrongdoing? Think... <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's that's literally why we have this hard swing to the right in this country. It's because people think, oh, shit, oh, the black God. people get enough power. They're going to make us pay. Oh, my God. Sorry. That was sorry. That just blew my little mind. But uh, I have not seen this movie because I didn't want to see a movie about a sports B South Africa. Mm-hmm. Both, both well, to me are unappealing. Know. I know, I know, because I that what I did see of it the other day. It was like this mm-hmm. is this is pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, this yeah. is, I saw the ending, and I thought it was pretty fun. I love a sports movie. Mm-hmm. This one escaped me just because I just ran out of time on my um, movie homework. But um, yeah, I saw. I new- know I got There's, swamped with homework. There's yeah, a lot of homework. A lot of homework. I was there day one <laughs> to see three of the movies this week, mm-hmm. uh, so I was it was a little rough for me. Uh, but this one's on the list. It looks great, very inspiring, and I like I said, I always love a sports movie. I really do. Mm. The power of yeah. the human spirit. It gets me every time. Yeah, and I like that they don't get bogged down too much in the specifics because I don't understand rugby. Sure. So, yeah, no, that's a good point. At least there's not there, – there isn't like a – you know, they don't expect you to know what's going on or have like a narrator be like, and if he gets this one kicky, yeah. then they'll have 14 jump backs for the – Scrum, you know. Yeah. They're on their way it's to like... victory unless a snake appears and one of them kills it. <laughs> it becomes the snitch of this sport. I have no idea how the sport works. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I know. 
it's just sort of it's one of these like you know solid prestige kind of movies mm-hmm. that is you know it's middle brow entertainment but it's really well made it's really well acted it's morgan freeman come on i love it that and you Mandela. put it like that because this it builds itself as highbrow entertainment but like no, no, no this no. is fucking sugar sugar rush old people like i want a formulaic movie about mm-hmm. a thing I, I i heard about an npr mm-hmm. uh i yeah, i hate exactly. these movies for the most part how is matt damon's accent it seems okay okay no much about south african accent i do i, guess. <laughs> I do I from being on a cruise ship accents. one time uh if you don't <laughs> sound like jim jeffries you're not a white guy from south africa okay <laughs> all right uh, yeah so i mean it, it's it's good. I mean, it's not a movie where it's like, oh, it has tons of rewatch value and you'll get something new out of it every time. Mm. That's like the definition of middle brow for me. It's like the second time you watch it, you just like the good parts some more. You didn't get anything new out of it. Mm. It just gives you a warm feeling and you're done. But again, that's you why know? that's why I'm fascinated by uh, I have I don't have cable, but I have sling the movies that we talk about that get replayed on television. It's they're different from what you would think, especially that Invictus is the only one I can think of. I see air on it airs regularly in the middle of the day mm-hmm. on cable. <laughs> As opposed to even something like the next movie, which is was perfectly safe to do with. Yeah. But holy shit, was this counter programming yeah. to a T? Because this is the movie I did see day one of the box office mm. uh, that I love quite a bit, and I yeah I believe I watch part of it every Halloween. Mm-hmm. Make mm-hmm. Sarah watch a little bit of that. Uh, we might close out with that. Um, how do I pronounce this woman's name? Anika Noni Rose, Bruno Campos, Ron Clements. Ooh, also the director of the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, a movie I think you owe it to yourself to see if. Season, the directors of Aladdin and The Little Mermaid put a new twist on a classic tale. I suppose you want to kiss. Kissing would be nice, yes? Walt Disney Pictures presents a motion picture adventure. I want to be human too. As magical as the holidays themselves. It's going to be good. <laughs> the Princess and the Frog. Come, we pack her. <laughs> Makes me very happy. I do like I this movie a lot. Love this movie. This movie is yeah. a damn delight. I know it wasn't intentional, but it, it in I think in hindsight, it, it it's a really good end of an era. Mm-hmm. The end of uh, what we would call two D traditional animation. Uh, the end of two D traditional animation. Uh, not just Disney, but that medium just going away entirely. Mm-hmm. We would get another mm-hmm. Winnie the Pooh movie, but a a, a, pr- a no fucking around princess adaptation um, yeah. in, in a really interesting way. Yes, it's the Frog mm-hmm. Prince adapted for new orleans and with like haitian voodoo shit all around and yep. like it's it's fucking wonderful it's it's beautiful to look at yep. and it has yeah. more references i think to old disney movies than anything else i've ever seen in my mm-hmm. life uh right in the opening you can see someone batting out carpet from uh, <laughs> <laughs> off oh, one no. of the balconies he's fine he's fine he loves it okay <laughs> <laughs> he's really into it actually it's kind of gross uh and keith da- keith david's uh friends on the other side song is yeah. like my favorite oh, i love so let great. it go a lot, but uh, there's I, that's my favorite musical number in any Disney film in the last ten years. It's yeah. really good, and well, he, especially he's like I've never sung before. Oh wow! Yeah, he's like yeah. I've never, and he's not really singing. He's just being Keith David. Sure, talk singing. Um, yeah, so well, he's talk singing. It, he's caking. It references. <laughs> It references to that number specifically reminds yes. me a lot of Be Prepared. Yes. It reminds me a lot of Never Had a Friend Like Me. Are you ready? Yeah. It's great. I love it. I, I love this whole movie. <laughs> I love this yep. film. I was traveling I, this weekend. 
because of the holidays. Mm-hmm. And um, I was in a hotel room with my mom and my sister, and I was like, okay, they went to bed, and I was like, oh, I'll just put this on just for a little. I've seen it already, but I uh, should probably just watch a little bit of it just to kind of reorient myself. And I ended up staying up late and watching the whole thing on my iPad mm-hmm. with my with my headphones well, in I, because I, I couldn't stop watching it. I, I couldn't look away because it's not it's not just because it's a valiant attempt to do what Disney does well. Mm-hmm. It is like there's a lot of like gunplay mm-hmm. and uh, the songs are very traditional in terms of what they've done the last couple. I think they intentionally like not only uh, try to do uh, something they did during the Disney Renaissance, but like go back even further and make mm-hmm. a car. And I don't know why, because it just didn't do well. Uh, it, did, it made it to number one at the box office, but it did not make its money back, I don't think. Oh. Oh, I mean, Disney animated movies don't always do that. They're, I believe Tangled is the most expensive movie ever made, mm-hmm. unadjusted for inflation, because it might have started out looking like Princess and the Frog, and they had to completely redo it, because of how oh. Princess and the... I, I, I'm not positive on that, but I do know that they had to remake Tangled a lot, and it's huh. it was a very, very expensive film. But now, where it stands now, I think it's... Well, one, in terms of the representation of having the first black princess... Yeah. When you go, and when, and when you go to Disney World or land, I don't know how Walt Disney knew, like, uh, I think New Orleans is magical. I'm going to make a little slice of New Orleans and mm-hmm. all these parks, and, like, that's where this takes place. So you go there now, it's just Princess and the Frog stuff all over the place. Right. And it works perfectly. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take anything away from New Orleans, and it doesn't take anything away from Princess and the Frog. Mm-hmm. It's really neat. Uh, when you, So I encourage you, if you're going to Disney, go see it because you'll get more out of Going to New Orleans because as a kid, like, why the fuck is this here? This old town? <laughs> like, I don't care about this at all. But, like, the music in this film and mm-hmm. the characters work really well in the New Orleans Plaza. Yeah. And, I mean, it's definitely proof that representation matters mm-hmm. because I was just at Disney a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago. And I saw a ton of little yep, yep. kids walking around in the princess from the Princess of the Frog outfits, you know, where you can go – Little girls can go and and get made up like a princess, and there's a ton of them in the. Gotta be Princess Tiana, and yeah, then sometimes even you know, I'm like, who? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, my bad. Forgot about her. So they care. They mm-hmm. really do care about this princess, and rightly oh, so. Cool. She's mm-hmm. a badass. Yeah, Diana doesn't even rec- yeah. realize when I came from Florida to California, I'm like. Okay, this coast cares way more about stitches. And I think I was talking to Sarah and like, well, that's what representation means. What the fuck are you talking about? Stitches and alien. Like, no, but the, the movies has Hawaiians and Asians in mm-hmm. it and they don't normally get Disney movies. <laughs> like, holy shit. Oh my God. It makes a representation does matter. That's why stitches on every rear view mirror in San Francisco yeah. and like totally not <laughs> existent in Florida. Like right. stitch is not popular, right. but on that side of the country, hugely popular. Yeah. And, yeah, well, I should we should probably explain what the movie's about a little bit because I thought it's, a frog it's prince, not baby. really well, but it's, it's not really. Yeah. I mean, it kind of it, it's got a little bit of it, but then it it goes off in a totally different direction. Yeah, it's, it's the frog prince as much as Frozen is Snow Queen. Yeah, and, and so but it's uh, you know uh, Tiana she works really really hard cooking and waitressing and doing all this stuff because she wants to open a restaurant. She uh, then there's a, a prince who gets turned into a frog. She kisses him and she turns into a frog too now. Mm-hmm. And then they have to go on an adventure to try to, you know, get back into people bodies. And this is one of the only examples of a trope in a movie that it doesn't drive me completely insane. I really hate the trope you see in rom-coms where it's like, hey, woman, you're working way too hard. You should have fun like me, a guy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I fucking hate that because it's like, no, she is working hard for a goal. She has to work twice as hard to get half as far as you, Mm -hmm. dumb guy. Which Shut is crazy because her mom's Oprah. Like you, you just <laughs> yeah. But but in this is like it doesn't come across as like stupid because she's working herself to death. Like mm-hmm. she's overworking for this goal, 
And this dream sequence where we see her in her restaurant is gorgeous, mm -hmm. Art Deco style. Oh, it's so pretty. Yeah, well, the animation. This is so beautiful. Yeah, it's it's pretty, actually it's... the opposite trope because mm -hmm. the point of it is that uh, no, she's going to keep working, and you need to come up to her level and start taking things seriously mm -hmm. and work. And she's not seen well, as they, a nag. They don't tell you he's a broke ass prince yeah. who's trying to right. marry his way back into wealth. Right. Right. Yeah. So he's barely. He's <laughs> name only. Also, John Goodman, right? He's the voice in yeah. this. Yeah. Well, yeah. I didn't know John Goodman is. Is he from New Orleans, or is that just his chosen no. home? That's his chosen home. Yeah, he loves. That's why he's in oh. Treme, and that's like he oh. loves New Orleans. Oh, wonderful! Oh, yeah. yeah, he loves New Orleans, and it, as much as you might try to make fun of him again, Randy Newman songs, but Randy Newman is from New Orleans. Yeah, he knows that music very well, and he writes some beautiful songs. Evangeline is so good. And, and I just so want to give I want to give a shout out to uh, Jim Cummings because he's a noted Disney voice actor. Mm -hmm. Pooh, he's Tigger, he's Darkwing Duck, he's Fat Cat, he's a ton mm -hmm. of voices in the Disney Afternoon. But a lot of times Disney don't don't allow those people to do voices in their movies. They hire some celebrity. But he's a big mm -hmm. character mm -hmm. in this, mm -hmm. uh, one of Disney's most famous voice actors, and it's he kind of has a moment that it doesn't exist in any other Disney movie that, that I thought was the only thing that made this a Well, it's to murder a cute character. Ah, uh, yes. And <laughs> a, a cute main character. Like, mm -hmm. it's not expected. It's That's usually true. a bad guy. And But this is like, in your face, you lose someone you really like. Mm -hmm. and That's true. I haven't seen a Disney movie do that in the end. They point. do it in the beginning, uh, or they'll kill a bad guy at the end, but they don't do it with a good guy. Mm -hmm. But he does have a good moment to send him off. And mm -hmm. I, love, I love his character. I, I really too. do. And, and if you have Disney Plus, it's one of the few. Uh, there's like a handful of traditional animated movies that got uh, 4K mm -hmm. uh, restorations. This Lion King and Little Mermaid being, I think, the only ones. Mm. But this this does have it. And like Diana was, it's beautiful in a way that like no CG movie is beautiful because that's trying to look real. This is being stylized, mm -hmm. and it's beautiful in a different way. Yeah, that yeah, no it has. It all the images, especially the backgrounds, have like a texture to them. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen any CG more movie. More like a painting. I haven't seen any CG. any CG movie do that outside of like Peanuts and Spider Man, where they like just decide on like a motif or a texture. Yeah, because it does happen, and they can do it, but mm -hmm. no Disney movie has done that. Mm -hmm. They haven't picked a style. This movie picks a very clear style, and it's adorable. It, it, it's beautiful to look at. Well, and the texture really is the of that kind of animation is great because this is a huge food movie too, and <laughs> I love food cartoons so much. And watching this made me want to eat some gumbo, want to have some jambalaya. Like I'm ready to go back to New Orleans. I'm oh, chomping at the bit right now. Yeah. Oh, oh the beignets. Oh, I mean, so a basket of beignets. Yeah. Yeah, I still and I still love have it. my Louis. Uh, I love. I, I got went to the Disney store and bought a big Louis the Gator with a with a felt trumpet stitched into his hand <laughs> that I still have on my shelf. What a your... great character <laughs> too! I just love him. Yeah, alligator who just wants to play jazz, but he he's he's to too jazz. scary. Yeah. Everyone runs away. He looks so Don Bluth. I'm a big fan of yes. Disney Gators. But yeah, he looks much more like a Don Bluth character. That's true. That is a good point. I love this movie. You should definitely see it. Um, yep. And let me segue for the movies to television with more Disney and, and, and Disney mm -hmm. parks because uh, uh, most people, this got delayed from last week because I believe Obama was giving a speech about the troops or some <laughs> war effort. So it, uh, he preempted a brand new Disney Christmas special oh. who had taken a page from uh, DreamWorks who had ma made their animated films and then give Shrek and Madagascar holiday specials. Disney hadn't traditionally done that ever uh, before Toy Story did it. It was a story of prep and landing on the 7th. 
And for me, this I did a Christmas special blog. This is, I always call it, my favorite of the modern new Christmas special. It's not modern anymore, I guess, after 10 years. <laughs> yet it still is because Disney hasn't really made another one. Uh, there's been a Toy Story Christmas-y special. Uh, but this is really great. And if you've been to the parks recently, it might be the only reason you recognize it because I don't think it gets played every year. But Prep and Landing, um, starring two elves. And it's the story of the elves who prepare... Uh, Santa. Mm. Uh, prepare for Santa on every single home. And it's really cute. Mm. Cue Rosebud. Reindeer ready to roll. We are go for launch. Dash away. Oh. Before the big guy takes off, <laughs> he gets a little help from his friends. I'm part of Prep and Landing, an elite unit of elves getting houses ready for the big guy's arrival. Our mission statement, get in, get out, never be noticed. The elves dive into every home before Santa and like clear the roof off a little bit, make sure the chimney's swabbed, there's enough room under the tree, and they do all this Mission Impossible shit, and it's great. I love that. And uh, yeah, and if you like Rick and Morty, it has a, it has a Sarah Chalk, Chris Parnell. Huh. <laughs> hmm. Well, it had a sequel uh, two years later, and it had a short the next year, and it's based off of a book. But this, this one is the best one, and it involves Dave Foley trying to get promoted. He doesn't get the promotion. Uh, and then just slacks off on his prep and landing job and ends up coming very close to ruining Christmas. Oh, wow. <laughs> For everyone, he gets spotted by children and they have to, these elves have to like knock out and take care of this child. It's it's only 20 minutes. It's it's great. And I, I feel like you wouldn't even know it exists now. But last mm-hmm. year when I was in MGM or Hollywood Studios, the, the big holiday thing they project on the Man Chinese Theater is uh, pre- the prep and landing guys. Oh, cool. And I can just, mm. I'm looking at the kids like, they don't know who this is. Like mm-hmm. you aren't really doing anything, but these characters were, I think poised for greatness before all the Marvel and star Wars ac- acquisitions. Gotcha. They were, they were poised for something much bigger and Disney just forgot about them. But I encourage you not to, even though this is one of the few things I've ever bought on Amazon uh-huh. that they took away from me <gasps> that the rights expired to uh, digitally. And, how can you watch it now? Is it on Disney Plus? Uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> Wait, let me now let me triple check that. Dying to watch it. Uh, don't worry, I have the DVDs. Of I, course, I got them all. I got them all. Of it's, course. But I hope I hope they do get aired still because they're they're in in terms of modern they're CG. So like mm-hmm. the kids won't complain if they actually ever do. I don't really if that's a real thing. And you double check. Princess and the Frog is on Disney Plus. Yeah, right? in 4K. I triple check that. Oh. Um, uh, Prep and Landing is, according to my app, is not on Disney Plus, hmm. and it's Aww. and that and the Christmas toy is the only thing I've ever bought digitally that, like, the next year they just took it away from me. Wow, like, that um, sucks. so I that's why I keep the DVDs. But I think Prep and Landing is back, but they they took away the old version you, you bought the year before. It was controversial in the Christmas special scene. I can imagine uh, <laughs> the Christmas boards were a buzz. Christmas toy has not come back, mm. and that's a bummer because you got the, you got Kermit restored and the Emmett Otter and all that mm. stuff. I'll shut up. But Prep and Landing, like, have you ever wondered what those characters were at MGM during the holidays? And by the way, I may have a video at some point. MGM is the best park to spend the holidays in. Oh, really? Yes. Over over California Adventure, over Animal Kingdom, Magic Kingdom. Yes. Because they have, they have fake snow. Yes. They have fake snow and lasers and projections on everything. It's That's great. Cool. Yeah. Um, oh, real quick to go back. Um if you don't have Disney Plus, The Princess and the Frog is on Netflix. Oh, still? Probably not for long. Probably not for long. So get on it, people. Uh-huh. But the 4K yeah. one's on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. That's the big deal. Because, like, I love seeing traditional animation in 4K. And there are a handful of instances, period. One of them is Charlie Brown. Uh, you can you can find that. But uh, anyway, uh, Prep and Landing, also out. Men of a Certain Age, a show that got great reviews. Yeah. And I, 
I am. I, I always forget this. I, got, I forgot to say it last year. One of my favorite shows was Get Shorty. Okay. And a movie mm-hmm. I kind of hate. Yeah. And uh, made a show that's really good. And part of that is Ray Romano, oh, like he's the great. perfect schlub. Yeah. He's a he's somehow emerged as an actor I really like to see. Yeah. I oh fuck yeah. he's in the Irishman. I'm gonna see it even more now. Hell Ray yeah. Romano's in it. Um, but Men of a Certain Age was a show he co-created, I think, mm-hmm. starring a bunch of like people I love right. playing men of older age. Yeah, like middle-aged guys trying to make their way in this world. <laughs> yeah, starring Ray Romano, Andre Brower, who also phenomenal, love mm-hmm. him, and Scott Bakula mm-hmm. playing Yay. the like um, Lothario of the group, which I do enjoy that role for him. Me too. We have the same eyebrows. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I pulled a little of the promo that kind of, eh, it's bunch of old guys making old guy jokes. I not blur anymore, but now it's too far away that I can't read it. Just catch up when you get to know about it. What if it's medication work? Take it. It needed to be over. She's 25. I mean, there was just too much sex. Yeah. You ever get that? You look in the mirror and you're like, you know who you, you recognize yourself, but there's that little bit of you that you don't. But I think it's adorable. And this, it and, is. And, and like nobody watched the show. Of course, they mm-hmm. under pressure is the song mm-hmm. that they have to play. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a part of me loves this concept and loves, I love these actors. I've, I'm sure it's very good and mm-hmm. it was very critically acclaimed. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, I'm kind of like, guys. We don't have enough show about men. Dudes. Of a certain age. <laughs> I mean, women are also oh. looking in the mirror wondering what happened but then immediately usually a child comes in and is like mom right. mom Aww, I figured you would love this I know I figured you'd love this because it's just it's just zaddies all over it's, it's true nothing but dad bod baby it's true and yeah mm. I mean don't worry I'm enjoying the visual come on they're, they're all gonna put on their new balance sneakers and start drilling <laughs> yes. like, their under armor shirts Scott Bakula <laughs> is rocking a like sleeves cut off shirt and on a hike He's doing. He's that's doing a, all that's the things. That's a thing that ladies like. Scott if you're Bacula, Scott Bakula, that's something I can aspire to. <laughs> we have a very similar facial structure. <laughs> uh, all right, but what about speaking of moms? <laughs> oh no! This is the debut of uh, what eventually would Shoot. take over music. Last videos. last week. We had wow. Jersey Shore. Yes. And then this week we've got, I feel like, the last nail in MTV's coffin for yes. me ever wanting to watch it again. Yeah, I think it's like they, d- music videos disappeared a long time ago, and this cauterized that wound yeah. to never allow yeah. music videos back into it. Because Teen Mom debuts on the 8th of December, 2009. You watch them become moms on 16 and pregnant before they even finished high school. But giving birth was only the beginning. Oh my God, Sophia, you cannot keep doing that. This winter, MTV takes you back inside the lives of Macy. This is my favorite. I love it. I think Brian would like it. I don't care. <laughs> Amber. I don't feel like a teenager no more, especially having this baby. Caitlin. What's the symbolism with the tattoos? For our daughter. We gave her for adoption. And Farah. Okay, so by looking at me, would you have thought that I've had a kid? No. Good. You're gorgeous. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, no. Am I hating on TV? Last year or last week, we Mm -hmm. saw kind of trashy people, Mm -hmm. but having fun and enjoying Mm -hmm. their lives, living their best lives in their minds. This shit should be cautionary. This show is the grimmest 
darkest shit on television. <laughs> it's rough stuff. Uh, I, haven't, I haven't ever watched it. might surprise you that I have never watched it. Uh, I've uh, seen, I mean, I'm, I've never, I did not watch it as much as I watched Jersey Shore. I mean, they, they, Jersey did, Shore they did show this us. this is my worst They nightmare. showed us documentaries in school mm-hmm. about teenagers having kids to scare us out of, to scare us into abstinence. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, mm-hmm. that's how they did it. Right. So MTV has now <laughs> given it commercials. Yeah. <laughs> It's rough stuff. But yeah, I mean, 16 and Pregnant was a show that, you know, came before this. And then they picked, I guess, four character, four people that were on that show that seemed to resonate with people. They imply that one of them who gave the kid up for adoption. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So she's a teen mom with without being a mother. Yeah, I think they were still pretty involved with the kids' life, oh, okay. though. I think mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. kind of followed their relationship, which is very tumultuous. They didn't firehouse it. A lot of no, <laughs> a lot of these stories are really sad too, because some of these people have bad relationships with their own parents, mm. bad relationships with their partners, and no. yeah, teenagers yeah. having bad relationships. Yeah, I know. Who would have? thought you know they're a regular it's a regular war of the roses situation sure now with teenage (laughs) anchor babies yeah it's just uh this stuff is very grim and a lot if seen these people in the news it's usually because there's some sort of domestic feud that goes on which is very depressing they'll never tell you that marcy started her own flower shop or i'm assuming at least one of their lives ended up fine yeah yeah there's plenty of people i know with a teenage mom that um yeah yeah people do this all the time and end up being Perfectly fine. But when you put cameras on teenagers mm-hmm. and force them to grow up very, or they are forced to grow up very fast, it's not a Double great, time. yeah, it's mm. not a great mm-hmm. combination. This went on for four seasons That's until it? 2012. It feels like it's always on. It started up again for another four seasons right. in 2015. And then it had mm. several spinoffs too, right. um, where they just kept some, you know, some new moms, some uh, following these people as their children become as their babies become children, basically. As their babies um, become mothers. One of, the, <laughs> one of the things I thought was very humorous was Farah, the one that's like, would you ever believe that I had a child? She mm. went on to do pornography uh, yep. with James Dean. I'm going to pretend I didn't know that. And MTV didn't like that. And guess who she was replaced by? Who? One Bristol paper. Oh, my God, no. Yeah. A real-life celebrity. Yeah. Wait, that's definitely her kid? Didn't they, were they trying to say it was like Sarah Palin's baby or some shit like that? Oh, yeah. I, no, they're trying to say Sarah Palin's baby was actually Bristol's. And they, oh, right. they ended that rumor by saying, no, she couldn't have given birth seven months ago because she's pregnant right now. Oh, Lord have mercy. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Fucking train wreck. <laughs> All right, teen mom. I'm depressed. Teen mom. Watch Prep and Landing. It's a bummer. Uh, or the Gruffalo yeah. TV movie with Helen Bottom Carter and James Corden. Mm-hmm. That's a kid's book, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. a pretty sweet little TV. Oh, shit. And, and Barbara Walters was still doing her 10 most fascinating people. It's true. And wow, Oof. what a murderer's row. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, only one of them I will need an explanation. Uh, Glenn Beck. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Brett Farbera. Uh, Lady Gaga. Kate Goslin, another reality star. Paris Jackson and Blanket Jackson. So this is like mm-hmm. six months after their dad is dead. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Adam Lambert. Never heard of him. Uh, Michelle Obama, <laughs> Sarah Palin, Tyler Perry, and I definitely, for real, have not. Who is Jenny Sanford? Is Jenny she, is, Sanford. I had to double check. This. Fred Jenny Sanford's Sanford wife. Was, 
No, Mark Sanford's wife. Mark Sanford. That would have been Sanford. so much better. Right. Mark Sanford was the governor of South Carolina who mm-hmm. kind of vanished during June 2009. And then he came, then he showed back up and said, oh, I was hiking the Appalachian Trail and that's why no one could get in touch with me. But really he was with his mistress in Argentina. Yeah. Was it, or as the president refers to the Tallahassee Trail, that's what he was hiking. Uh, I'm not kidding. Oh he refers God. to it as the Tallahassee Trail all the time in public. Cool. And I wish I'd like... I could just take you in a quick GPS tour here. There is no trail. Cool. Honey, honey. Yeah, I'll say it. The president really put his foot in his mouth. In that one. Yeah. <gasps> hot, yeah. hot. Sorry. Oh. Hate to be political. How dare you? I'm, I'm sure that they're building a Tallahassee trail right now to make that true. <laughs> I don't doubt it. All the things they'll give up to support this man. Uh, but uh, yeah, I. what is Community's episode? Cooperative religion. Yeah. Comparative. Intimate, comparative religion. religion. Yes. This uh, is a great episode. Of, I mean, yeah. all episodes of Community are pretty great. Except for the fourth season. This one, yeah. This one's pretty exciting. Hey, even the fourth season has some good ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, guest starring Anthony Michael Hall as a bully who is just bullying the crew. And yep. I want it, honestly, the most memorable scene is at the end, where, which is an epic fight scene between the Anthony Michael Hall and his bully friends and the study group. Okay. And it's very fun. And I didn't pull it because it's, there's no dialogue mm-hmm. in it, but um, it has one of my ongoing favorite jokes too of Britta constant. Like they're always throughout the entire episode. They're threatening to fight each other. And she keeps making jokes about how homoerotic this whole thing is like men <laughs> wanting to fight each other and take each other's shirts off basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it all culminates in a beautiful fight scene where you get to see, all your favorites in the study group hit each other with Christmas decorations. It's wonderful. It's a great episode, and I <laughs> definitely recommend great, this. Great Christmas episodes, yeah. but I don't know if it's going to beat Abed's uncontrollable Christmas no. in the Glee episode. It, I mean, not. it can't, but that's a year off. Boopy doo poop boop. Sex. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, they're probably, honestly, they might be working on Abed's uncontrollable Christmas right now because that's stop motion animation. <laughs> it so takes good. forever. True. <laughs> Who taught you therapy? Michael Jackson's dad? I love that <laughs> so much. <laughs> uh, also, America Ninja Warrior debuts. Oh, yeah. One mm-hmm. of the most addicting shows. Oh, if they they yes. always run this on weekends in marathons. And if I turn it on, I'm not moving. It's great. Know. It's so good. I'm just done. And it's hilarious because, of course, but of course, <laughs> I'm like criticizing. I'm like, oh, come on. You can do the warped wall, you puss. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> Like, I can't even brush the Cheetos off my shirt. (laughs) It's based on a Japanese show called Sasuke. Yeah. Um, Mm. And did you know that only three people have ever fully completed the course? I feel like I've seen a billion people complete the course. No, there's like several stages. Several. Okay, that's possible. Maybe I'm thinking like the final course or something like that. Yeah, only three have gotten through all of this, which is kind of insane. I mean, this show is still on. The show is still on, and just more insane that... I don't know. People build those obstacles in their backyard mm-hmm. to practice this yeah. one shot. Yeah. And mm-hmm. only three have been able to do it. It's one of the few shows where the backstory of the people, of the contestants, mm-hmm. I find a lot of times as interesting as the actual thing that Feeds they're doing. Because I like to see them mm-hmm. building these things in their backyard and see how they're training. And then every now and then there's a very tough story of someone overcoming a thing. <laughs> um a sad thing. Uh, but yeah, it's a great show and I highly recommend it. Yeah. Um, it's just so fun. I never thought that, yeah, people running crazy obstacle courses, but you watch it long enough and it's like these same obstacles. You understand like the strategy of holding onto something with just the tips of your fingers right. or, you know, having to, you know, run over this thing or jump up the cargo ladder. Or, like, 
Ah, I love it. Yeah, I used to watch Ninja Warrior because they dub it, was it on Spike? Before oh, yeah. the American Ninja Warrior? So they, they would have a dubbed one, but it was all these Japanese contestants and jokes I didn't understand. But mm. it was still just watching these people do this crazy stuff. You're thinking of MXC. That was No, I'm not. It's veterinarians versus TV doctors. That. That's right, Ken. Um, <laughs> get it on. Uh, but then on the 12th, SNL host Taylor Ruiner Lautner <laughs> and Bon Jovi. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Two boring's. The two boring's. Okay. Bon Jovi. I don't know. Yeah, Diana. We, we weren't around <laughs> when that was that was cool. It was pretty boring. It, was, it, 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 it reminded me of that debate. Uh, Billy Eilish doesn't know who Van Halen is. Oh my is. god, like, I love that. I mean, why do I know who they are? Yeah. Like, it does. This is not relevant to me, and yeah. I'm 20 years older than she. Is. Truly, like, nobody <laughs> cares. Ah, uh, no, we'll talk about it uh, next year or two. Van Halen's big comeback. What? Uh, in not when you were a teenager. Okay, no. maybe. In like 1991, because you're getting into teenage years. I remember. Come on, how many times did you watch the video for right now? Come on. I didn't. I just watched a lot of commercials for Crystal Pepsi. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, and, then SNL's Crystal Gravy. I mean, I probably cannot name a Van Halen song. Panama. Okay. You could have just said. I could name you. a ton of theirs. I could name a ton of their songs, but I remember they reunited on stage at the music awards, and like mm-hmm. everyone's like, "Oh my god, can you believe it?" And like, I didn't know he was ever in the band. I I, <laughs> I didn't know. I like. I, sorry. I love that for you. Like, <laughs> so, I'm paying <laughs> attention to music me. this whole time. I thought it was just Sammy Hagar in the. I didn't know. Uh, didn't know. Leave Billie Eilish alone. And, uh, but <laughs> she's fine. She is she all right? She doing okay? I know she hurt her foot. Um, <laughs> what you didn't see your SNL performance? That I did. was fucking dope. I, that was amazing. I kind of assumed though that might have been like a Nelly Band-Aid under your eye sort of no, thing. That really was broken. Oh. Okay, I thought maybe she was oh. making. I don't understand the children's fashions. I thought maybe that was a thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, and I, if you can't say, if you can't tell, I prefer Billie Eilish to Van Halen. If I had to choose one to live or die, yeah, yeah, Diana, I said it. Yeah, and I, and I barely <laughs> like that song, Bad Guy. It's just, it's totally <sighs> fine. But she seems more interesting. Um, oh, you children. Sorry. sorry. Children. This child will be 40 in just a few hours. A few thousand <laughs> hours. Me buying video games of 2009. Once again, we will go a little more in depth. And then on our Patreon, patreon.com slash laser time. Uh, I believe Driver comes back. Um, I can, Driver yeah. was a, a fun precursor to 3D Grand Theft Autos. Uh, this, uh. this might be the one that has the semi-accurate San Francisco where I, I've, I've never played a game where I drove past the office I was playing. Huh. Uh, oh, I played this. That's Driver San well, Francisco. I mean, by, by played it, I mean I drove around and criticized the geography. <laughs> yes, that's, that's very That's all easy I do, do with open world games is just drive around. I, I, I can't play things. I'm terrible. And uh, I don't know. I don't want to talk about this at all, but it's a huge game that every one of you has heard of or possibly played. Hmm. Angry Birds. Angry Birds uh, yeah. turns yeah. 10. Which I think wow. makes it bona fide. Um, yeah. I don't know. Because I don't know if it, another one of those games will ever be as successful. But its movie was pretty successful. That's oh, no. True. The second movie did terribly. Didn't it already come out? I can't remember. I don't, I'm not a child. Yeah. Silent Hill Sharded Memories is out for uh, Wii. A game Sharded I love. Memories. I love mispronouncing it. Shattered <laughs> oh. Memories. James Cameron's Avatar is also oh, out. Hint, uh, hint. Yeah. The Saboteur. Spoiler. A game Michael can talk way more about than I can. But the game oh, I, yeah, I you like that. do give a fuck about uh, is The Legend of Zelda Spirit Tracks, which has some of my my favorite overworld music in any Zelda series, <laughs> where you're Link and you get to pilot a little ghost train all around <laughs> this new area Aww, of Hyrule. The adorable. third instance of Toon Link. I love Toon Link. 
Um, uh, but a great game. I really hope to see have life on another system because mm-hmm. that remaster of Wind Waker. Uh, again, we'll talk more about that. Patreon.com slash Laser Time. That's what supports the whole Laser Time network, including the show Laser Time. Every week, a new topic. Video Game Apocalypse, the show hosted by Maddie Allen and Mr. Diana Goodman, Michael Raparez. Um, very fun to listen to a uh, uh, one magazine feature that's evergreen and then a look at the game landscape that week and bonus time we have bonus shows we're trying to gear where everything is fixed and we're trying to get everything back up uh back up to speed so all of your shows should be uh hitting normal times very very soon and uh, a new episode of bonus time i hope because i have to get up an old episode of bonus it's taking me a while to edit because so many so many things have happened in my life saw mst3k live like the same week they canceled the show and there was a it's like no. the weirdest damper on the whole all <laughs> all the festivities everyone's like yay is this it uh anyway no Anyway, uh, patreon.com slash laser time. This holiday season, why not support the people who have given you so much support throughout the year in terms of hours? Price of a price of a burger and fries can really go a long way for people like uh, me and us. Like, mm-hmm. it really can mm-hmm. in terms of compensating us and keeping us going. So thank you guys so much for that. Happy holidays to you. Diana, people, where can people see you? Well, they can find me on the Twitter at listenerd, L-E-C-I-N-E-N-E-R-D, or Follow the show at 302010podcast, 302010podcast. And uh, with that, it's time for the deaths and the births of the week. Who was born and died during this period of 302010, December 6th through the 12th, across three decades? Who'll be dead? Uh, bring us down. Okay. Well, first to bring you down, uh, in 1999, we lost Joseph Heller. He was 76. That's no the shit. author of Catch-22. I was. I just keep telling my dad, do you know if there's a... There's a Catch-22 adaptation with George Clooney out, and yes. I've heard no one say a word about Nobody's it. Nobody's talking about it. Mm. It's shocking. And I, I remember, is it good? remember watching the movie, which is good, and like yeah. this would be more suited to a 10-episode TV series, mm-hmm. and it, it mm-hmm. exists. And it is. And it's one of my dad's favorite books, and he has no idea it exists. And, it's on um, Amazon? I think it's Hulu. 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 That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I have, and I have, I have never seen it shown to me in Hulu when they I open it up. They do not care about it. They, yeah. <laughs> I've never seen it advertised to me, but I keep seeing some other insane stuff. I didn't that know I would until I saw a standard def DVD in a Walmart because it's over and done. Oh, wow. Right. Like, a, yes, yeah. a Catch 22 exists. A new Catch 22 exists. One of the greatest books of all time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, written by Joseph Heller. I Please tell me that's who we're talking about. And yes. I didn't get that. Thank yes. God. Yeah. <laughs> I just oh, said it was. Oh, thank God. What are your <sighs> epic rants? No, no. The author of Closing Time. Ooh, sorry. That's the sequel. Learn yeah. about your Yosarian kids. Yeah, Steve. Yeah. And uh, who else now are you dead? Deaths are done? Nope. Now <laughs> oh, but it's birth time. That's the only death I got. Birth time. New show coming to Laser Time. <laughs> birth time. <laughs> oh, birthday is a doodly doo. A ding dong doodly doodly ding dong doo. A birthday. Um, who be born this week? Oh, we got two birthdays. One uh, I won't do a quiz for. I'll just shout it out because I do it every single year. Should I'm this now? We're recording this a couple days in advance, but if we make it to December 9th. Happy birthday to Kirk Douglas. You will be 103. Wow, wow, I, and wow. I think he's going to do it. And even if he doesn't, yes. like, put him on ice. Make yeah. him wait. Yeah. Make him wait for that great beyond. Just let's not trot him out on any more award shit. I, I saw Michael Douglas on Kimmel, and he said, yeah, my, my parents just celebrated their, like, something like 70th anniversary. Yeah. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> sorry, not his parents. It's his, it's his second wife. But, uh, yeah. yeah, she's still alive, too. Damn. She is Well, I mean, 27. she's probably a younger woman, <laughs> yeah. so. That doesn't yeah, seem like the Douglases would ever do. <laughs> <laughs> uh. 
But Hurt anyway, them. the real birthday quiz. Huh? Happy 70th birthday to this guy born December 12th, 1949 in Caterham, Surrey, England. Uh, he has 147 credits on IMDb. He worked very consistently on stage, radio, British television, but didn't become well known until he was 55. Bill Nye. Nicely done. Are you kidding? Are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? How? I am not fucking kidding you. Oh. Bill Nye. I am He's very guy good at this. <laughs> Did you know any of that? It was just a stab in the dark. What was was, was thinking, it? Their clue. Who's Who English and looks 70? <laughs> <laughs> became famous in his fifties. That's so. It wasn't no, that, like, I was yeah. already thinking that when she said that he was seventy in English. Okay, so you didn't remember him wow. being in like was he in like a Star Wars radio drama? No, he did uh, Hitchhiker's Guide. He was right. in a radio Hitchhiker's Guide. We also we've talked about him in Fairy Tale: A True Story. No, it's in a scandal. Still crazy. Valkyrie. Pirate Radio. G Force. Hot Fuzz. <laughs> Underworld. Rise of the Lycans. The two and three Pirates of the Caribbean. Cool dude. Will do literally anything. Mm. <laughs> Shaun of the Dead, baby. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, Shaun of the Dead. I just rewatched Shaun of the Dead. I love it so much. And uh, that is it for us. I believe Diana is going to tell Pump Up the Jam by Technotronic to go fuck itself for <laughs> no. the actual best thing. In, oh, Keith David and Princess and the Frog. I so got good. friends on the... Uh, He's got friends on the... <laughs> Such a good song. Yes, and man. so well done, that whole sequence. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so stay with us, people. We'll be back next week with more 30 Until then, we've all got friends on either side. Take us out, Mr. David. I can read your future. I can change it around some too. I look deep into your heart and soul. You do have a soul, don't you? Make your wildest dreams come true I got voodoo, I got voodoo I got things I ain't even tried And I got friends on the other side He's got friends on the other side